Facts with Adam Curry for September 19th, 2020. This is episode number 49. And on the other side of the country is my man Mo Facts. How you doing, brother? Dot com. <laughs> Mo, that's right. My friend Mo, you spell his name M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z dot com. That's how you spell his name. That's right. Hey, Mo, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Adam. How about yourself? Well, yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, gee, a whole bunch of stuff happened since the last time we spoke. We've had a, a two-week interval uh, since episode 48. Uh, and I guess besides the world burning down, uh, RGB being down, that was pretty funny last night, by the way. We got the text from you. <laughs> we're watching TV. We're watching a movie. You know, it was like a rom-com. So we're all lovey-dovey and laughing. And all of a sudden, oh, no. Mo just texted me, RGB down, RGB down, <laughs> click, stop, movie, oh my God. <laughs> Where were you the day that you heard of Ruth Gator Ginsburg? Yeah. Um, and I, oh yeah, I went on. So I brought that new. I brought that news to you? Yes, you did. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, really? Yeah, you I, did. You oh, did. wow. Yeah, I had no I idea. Didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, we didn't either, obviously. Um, so I, <laughs> I, I went on Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan show. And that is since the last time we spoke, right? We haven't spoken since yeah, then. Yeah, you had went on there, but we it hadn't dropped yet. Right, exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. It hadn't dropped yet. Did you watch? Did you listen? Oh, yeah. I listened and I followed the tweets and all the streams. And uh, it, it's, it's, you set the world on fire, sir, with the, <laughs> with the whole ADOS... Uh, lesson that you gave Mr. Rogan. It was uh, it was interesting. Um, yeah, obviously, Joe. Had, I don't think Joe had ever heard of ADOS. Um, and, but the the comments were interesting too. You know, it was uh, a lot of people like yay. Other people like hey man, you don't represent me. I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> it was it was one. It was it was very <laughs> analogous to the Bitcoin stuff. You know, Bitcoin people like. Yay, go out and Bitcoin. And a lot of Bitcoin people are saying, you don't represent us. It was, it was like, it's like, you know, it was ADOS is now just, actually, it would be a great cryptocurrency, wouldn't it? The ADOS coin. Yeah, we should, we should only write that down. That's not a bad idea. And that's how we could fund the reparations. That is not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just going to write that one down. ADOS coin. Okay. Something to think about. We'll have Jack Dorsey connected into, into Cash App, something like that. Ah, Mo, uh, I know you've been real busy, and I cannot wait to find out. Uh, well, first of all, how's your week been? How's your, how's your two weeks been? It's been crazy. Uh, got some appliances delivered, and <laughs> only yeah. one of them got installed. Oh, <laughs> the oh, other yeah. ones are, oh, yeah. like, placed all around the house, not connected. Yeah. Uh, I had a water leak due to incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> the guy unhooked my dishwasher and he didn't hook it back up. Oh, you turned it on and, and that was I, it. I almost uh, had a swimming pool in my. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, Luckily, man. my wife something just told her to go back in the kitchen, and we had a kitchen full of water. A uh, water. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of how my week's been going, and just working on you know this clip list, burning all the. I was burning some midnight oil last night because mm-hmm. I got thrown down a mini rabbit hole and. Can't wait to present it to you. Okay. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we crank up the wheel? We'll spin it round and round. It is the Mo Facts with Adam Curry wheel of topics where it stops. Nobody knows. Mo knows, of course, because he went down all the rabbit holes. He's going to surprise us again. The topic for episode 49 is... Democrits versus Republicans. <laughs> ah, 
Hi, yes, of course. <laughs> we all we we need to do a solid breakdown the, the the Democratic convention and the Republican convention. Yes, the uh the sets were banging. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you had the Dem- the Democrats, the uh, Democrats, and the Republicans yeah, uh, both like had their conventions, yeah. and we're going to do a quick analysis of what they wanted to accomplish, who they were targeting. And what came out of it? Uh, so, and, and, I guess and, we can just jump right into this Vox. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's uh, it, it. Obviously, this is all show. Both sides put on a show. It's a big nudging contest, a big persuasion fest. Uh, and I, I guess we're going to look at it yes. from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Let's. Uh... For Americans, the colors red and blue are deeply linked to the Republican and Democratic parties, but it's really only been that way since the 2000 election. After all, this is what election night results used to look like on American TV. Victory. Gentlemen, let me tell you this, if they ever teach this machine to talk, you and I, well, we're out of business. The wide adoption of color television in the late 1960s and 1970s changed all that, but it still would be several decades before the media settled on the color scheme we know today. What are the hardest states to turn from blue to red, and what are the easy ones? President Obama has won every one of these blue states. He has to turn states that have been voting blue. To understand where this red state, blue state business comes from, let's go back to the very first time a television network used color maps to report election results. That happened in 1972, which also was the first year that a majority of American television households owned color TVs. Each of the big three networks broadcasted their election coverage in color. But here's what CBS did to differentiate themselves from their competition. They created the first color election map in American television history. And just look at Alabama on CBS's map. That oh-so-reliable conservative state, it was colored pure Republican blue. (laughs) Ah, we are a nation of colors. We have so much problem with color. Did you know that that this is a new invention as young as 1972? You know, I I think I I had seen that not so long ago, but maybe half a year ago in some context that I, I looked at it, but I certainly it was not top of mind. Um, but it makes total sense that it was the the advent of television. Yeah, of course. But you know, just those colors by themselves. There's so much meaning in different colors. I mean, color coding is a big deal. Yeah, and. This leads to leads me to what I used as the show topic ISO with the uh, Rebloodigans and the Democrats. <laughs> yes. uh, you have this red and blue um, dynamic on both sides. You, um, and I don't think I need a theorem in here, but <laughs> if you know anything about Kabbalah and the Rose uh, Rose Cross. You have the red and the blue on the Rose Cross. I don't know anything about uh, the, the Rose the Rose Cross. I don't know anything about this. The Rosy it's the Rose Cross or the Rosy Cross. Uh-huh. It's from the Golden Dawn, um, from the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Uh, they have this cross. You may want to look it up. Yeah, they have yeah. this cross, and on one uh, arm of the cross is oh, red, and yeah, on the other yeah. arm of the cross and, is blue. And the top is yellow, and then there's and, white, and then. The bottom is a couple other colors. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you start looking at the symbolism, a lot of that goes shares with the gang culture and politics. I just wanted to bring that up. I mean, just 
Wow, it's, it's something there. <laughs> now, but now, it, but that is—is is that an occult symbol or is that a true, true yes, derivative I'll, religion? It's, oh yes, I see it here. Yeah, oh yeah, it's an occult. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Uh, well, well, it's shared by the it's shared by Masons and the Ro- Rosicrucians and the, even the Catholics, uh, Kabbalah, the Tree of Life. I mean, yes, I don't want to go too far there, but I just want to show this um, left, right. Red, blue, yeah, it's been fire, around. water thing that's going yeah. on, yeah. Uh, and now it bleeds over to the politics. But he ended the clip saying that the Republicans were blue, yeah, and the Democrats were red. Another switch. <laughs> so we got another Dixiecrat <laughs> switch coming up here. Right. One, of the, one of those crazy things that they and, say never happened. Ugh. And he explains why in the next clip. No, your eyes were not deceiving you. The states that Republican Richard Nixon won that night in his 1972 landslide victory were colored blue on the CBS map. CBS's great broadcast innovation would soon inspire the other networks to introduce red and blue maps to their own election night broadcasts. For its part, CBS would keep the Republican blue and Democratic red scheme through the 1980 election. For Reagan, well, it was a different story. They're shown in blue, and this country is almost solidly in the Reagan colors tonight. Those pairings may seem odd today, but they weren't back then. That's because blue, as NPR's Ron Elving has noted, was a color closely associated with the Union Army, led by Republican Abraham Lincoln. Red, on the other hand, was a color associated with leftists and left-leaning parties throughout the world, as it is today. But it wasn't until the 2000 election that the political concept or term red state versus blue state took hold. On that election night, the network anchors and pundits relied heavily on the colored maps to explain how close the race was between George W. Bush and Al Gore. Very soon, those red states and blue states that the country saw over and over again on TV became rooted in American culture. David Letterman was one of the earliest cultural figures to pick up on this just a few days after the 2000 election. Candidates work out a compromise and thank God not a minute too soon. Here's how it's going to go. George W. Bush will be president for the red states. <laughs> W. Gore will be president for the blue states, and that's, that's it. <laughs> wow. So that's really interesting. It was kind of during that that long pro, I guess the news media felt that red would be more alarming or something. It wasn't really explained because that was that was the election Why with the hanging chairs. Why did the Republicans agree to this? Well, but if it was, the- why did the Republicans agree to this switch? Because it's it's very idiotic if you think about it. You were the party of Lincoln. Because yeah. blue represent the Union soldiers, and then you had the red Democrats aligned with communist regimes. Why would you switch? It, it doesn't make any sense well, <laughs> to me. But it's, I, I, and I what couldn't I, leave this out right. of the show because it just was fascinating. <laughs> well, what I heard in the clip is uh, I heard him say, "Well, you know, the news were so obsessed with the, you know, we had the hanging chads for three, four weeks. Took a long time. The Supreme Court had to get involved, and." Uh, Maybe the news media just figured it'd be more alarming, or it would it would get attention. I don't know. It, it, I don't. I don't know if the Republicans oh. even were aware of it. You know, it just it kind of happened. Everyone was focused on hanging chads. So I have this question, and I, I don't know if how, I don't have an answer to it. But could this be the a sign where the Democrats took over the? The media, the media complex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's possible. It could be. Because it makes it makes no sense 
you you you're the party of Lincoln. You're the party of who freed the slaves. You have the blue. Yeah. And all of a sudden you give it up and you have your opponents who you've always called communists and, uh, you know, liberals and communists. I mean, are used synonymous by the Republicans. You have them in this corner and all of a sudden you just do this switch, which makes no sense. So I, I just wanted to bring that up just as a point of conversation, because. It would work perfect now because Trump could say, yeah, we're the party of Lincoln and we're blue, you know, and those commies over there with the with the red you know i I just i mean i just found it fascinating that this happened and it happened as uh as late as the 80s because as you heard they said reagan was the blue states well no they Uh, they said it in 2000 right 2000 during the during the right right the bush gore uh uh election wow yeah that is weird it doesn't make any sense why the Republicans would do that, why they would agree to that. And I see, I think it seems more to me, and I'm going somewhere with this, why the media, uh, it seems like it was a media creation or a media yeah. decision. Yeah, listen to, listen to this. This is a quote from <laughs> Chuck Todd, who uh, I'm not a fan of, but he does uh, meet the press. Uh, for years, both parties would do red and blue maps, but they always made the other guys red, said Chuck Todd political director of chief white house correspondent for nbc news during the cold war who wanted to be red indeed prior to the breakup of the soviet union little more than two decades ago red was a term of derision so it, it was the le- it was the media rooting for- yeah there you go it was yeah so it was totally a media thing and they said you know what let's make them the a-holes perfect yeah that's, that's what happened so i just wanted to bring that up just as a point you know of how things are always fluid in politics uh, and how these two sides can, whoever's holding the power can push the other one in the red corner. And I think that has something to do with boxing as well with the red corner and blue corner, but I didn't have time to look in that. But now I want to move on and get into the media's rundown and how they cover the uh, national conventions. And we have CNBC, uh, with the newsworthy moments from the Democratic National Convention. I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. Oh, boy. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. If you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can and they will if we don't make a change in this election. If we have any hope of ending this chaos, we have got to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. This election is the most important in the modern history of this country. And we need Joe Biden as our next president. Let me tell you about my friend, Joe Biden. When he talks with someone who's lost her job, Joe remembers the night his father sat him down to say that he'd lost his. When Joe listens to a parent who's trying to hold it all together right now, he does it as a single dad who took the train back to Wilmington each and every night so he could tuck his kids into bed. This is the leader who wrote the Violence Against Women Act. 
and enacted the assault weapons ban, who as vice president implemented the Recovery Act, which brought our country back from the Great Recessions. He championed the Affordable Care Act, protecting millions of Americans with pre-existing conditions. That pretty much sums it up. That's what I saw. (laughs) So I want to run down four points quickly from what I took away from this. And what I'm showing here with this clip is how the news covered uh, the convention, uh, how it was covered in the media. Now, we're going to go way deeper into the inner workings of the conventions. But first, you heard a lot of light darkness talk <laughs> yeah you heard joe biden say i'm an ally of the light yeah not the darkness i mean he used darkness not dark well you know so, that, i mean you know that they were the the in 2016 that was a strategy that someone for uh, clinton came up with is uh and i think scott adams talked about this a lot that was a very persuasive word to say trump made a very dark speech it's dark it's their whole thinking is dark so that's that that is intentional of course his inauguration speech was labeled as dark. Dark. Yep. I mean, I, I, rem- yep. I remember that. Yep. Uh, uh, two, uh, you have Michelle Obama <laughs> hmm. <laughs> vote like our lives depend on it. And she doubles down recently on her podcast saying being black is a crime, not like a crime is a crime. Yeah. So, I, I heard that. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of victimization uh, and triggering and trauma based uh nudging going on there with that statement three obama he says uh joe biden is a single dad he's trying to draw joe biden as a single parent i think to be able to empathize and sympathize with the target target audience of the um of the democrats Mm. being single mothers yeah or one other target audience I'm like, why did why did he bring that up? Yeah. The, you know, the single dad thing, and then why did the media clip this? Well, we have to look at in this soundbite. Why did they pat? And I didn't I didn't do any editing of this clip. I let it go for the you know minute and whatever it was. And this is what they had. Um, and then lastly, you have uh, Kamala Harris coming out saying he uh wrote the violence against women's bill yeah hold on kamala you might not want to put violence and women in the senate same sentence when you talk about joe, joe biden, biden. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying uh and then the assault weapons banned are they tone deaf did they not realize that joe biden got called out wanted to take people's guns by that guy um he was uh he was a democrat i forget his name but uh he uh joe biden accused him of being a plant uh it was somewhere i think in west virginia or somewhere so if you're trying to win the if you're trying to win the center left voters in these uh, swing states you might not want to thump your chest about banning guns yeah, just just that's all I took away from well, it. Well, also the 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 ten year assault weapons ban um, resulted statistically in no difference. There was just no difference. You know, it turns out handguns handguns do the job. You know, of course, you get some AR fifteens or AK forty seven. You get some un- very unfortunate you know mass shootings, and it's always oh, it's that one. But uh, no, it's uh, the statistically from what I understand. Nothing really changed in that 10-year period. 
So I point all this out to say, I think the Democrats have a real messaging problem because they're trying to cater to too many pockets. And I've always said this, that the Democrats is not centered around ideas like the Republicans are. They're a coalition of all these different factions. And now they're trying to bring in what I call the center left. Those those swing voters that may be frustrated with Trump, that voted for Trump. They're more centrist. And now they might look at give Joe Biden a look. Right. But you're going to run away with this banning guns talk. Uh, and then they're trying to do the single mothers thing and traumatize black folks and <laughs> this light and dark. I'm, I just don't. I mean, they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. With their messaging. Now, what? Well, inside um, baseball, did you talk to your mom or anyone? What did your wife think about it? I'm sure more more people around you watched. I, I think right now it's only two, and it's just funny. I'm gonna say this: there's only two groups of people that are up to change, and that's the cent- the center left white men, yeah. <laughs> wearing on white women, uh, and and black men. Those right. are only two groups that are not. I mean, everybody else is kind of dug in. I mean, we already talked about black women. Right. Uh, we're gonna talk about them some more. Uh, you know, your, your, your younger voters are going to go with, um, that are not dis, um, uh, disenchanted with, uh, Joe Biden that really hate Trump. They're going to go with, uh, Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. Trump's going to get his same, his same voters. So I I, I think that those are the target audiences. And I think this, this, it was a real miss at this convention to push, the way they did uh, by the Democrats. Now, the Republicans have some misses, too, and I'll go over that as well. Because what I'm doing is, you know, to make make myself clear, I'm not voting because nobody's um, offering me any tangibles. Uh, so I can sit back and analyze where they where the two parties had were successful and unsuccessful. Uh, so I guess we can go ahead and go into number five. Remember back in 2016 when Trump asked, what do you have to lose? Well, now we know our health care, our jobs, (laughs) our loved ones. Black, Latino and indigenous people are suffering and dying disproportionately. And this is not a coincidence. It is the effect of structural racism of inequities in education and technology, health care and housing, job security and transportation. The injustice in reproductive and maternal health care, in the excessive use of force by police. They see people calling the police on folks minding their own business just because of the color of their skin. They see an entitlement that says only certain people belong here. How you're prioritizing the many things you have to do to, as we try to tackle in a way that we haven't before systemic racism in the city. It really is about economic empowerment. And let's be clear, there is no vaccine for racism. We've got to do the work ah. for George Floyd. For Brianna Taylor, for the lives of too many others to name. Oh, brother! Uh, saying their names. So, I, I, Mr. Yeah. Curry, I want you to make a note. Yeah. Of saying their names. Saying their names. Uh, yep. Yeah. An, another miss 
is all this police talk. Why are y'all talking about the police? <laughs> Kamala, you're seen as the top cop. Joe Biden is seen as the author of the 94 crime bill. Stay away from this. It doesn't, I, I don't understand what they're trying to do here. You're not going to rebrand yourself as, you know, anti-police at this point. No matter what you do, you should just let the, um, the groups that's pushing that, uh, handle that. Another, another miss. I mean, these are unforced areas. I don't know who's running the show over there at the DNC, but they're doing a very poor job. Yeah, I think they're tone deaf. And, and perhaps uh, they really still believe that they have uh, black men in the bag. Sorry to use the metaphor. But I, I, think, I don't think they see the... From time to time, it looks like, oh, okay, we got to shut Kanye up or something like that. But it's, not, it's really not much. They don't care. They, they just absolutely don't care. They, and I think they, you know, you've got just the same people talking over and over. Look, look who the campaign people are. Yeah, they're lazy. Um, I watched most of the top speakers, you know, Michelle Obama, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Michelle, um, excuse me, Kamala Harris. Yeah. And the interesting thing was that Michelle Obama snubbed Kamala Harris. <laughs> what? Did you know no, that? No, 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 no. What did she say about her? What did she say? Nothing. That was oh, problem. she didn't. She didn't say she anything made, about her at all. Okay. No, she didn't. She didn't mention her, and I thought that was. I mean, come on. I mean, you. Brock picked her. <laughs> we know. We know. Joe's not calling the shot. So uh, you know. Do, do you think uh, that? Do you think, to, do you think Barack really picked her? Do you? Re- I mean, he he had to say yes. Obviously, at a certain point. Do you really think that he picked her? He, he wasn't. He wasn't even endorsing Joe Biden for the longest time. He didn't think he should run, as far as I as I could tell. It's, it's not a theory, but it's a passing thought that I think they pull Obama back in. He wants to be on a yacht. You know, he wants to go to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And they're like, no, you, you got to do, you know, <laughs> no, four man. more years, eight more, eight more years. <laughs> you got to do this is how it works. You're locked in. Yeah. It's like one of those Spotify deals. You know, you get a lot of money, but sorry. You got to play ball. Right. Uh, what, or what they call the hip hop, a 360. It's a 360, 360 deal. You know? you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We got your merch, Obama. We got we got everything. Yeah, and he's late on yeah, his book, so, too. So, his I his mean, book is a year and a half late. Everyone's pissed about that, too. He doesn't want he doesn't want to write the book. I don't think he really wants to do anything, uh, but he has to, I think, quarterback this thing back to um, to a win, there, he's the, he's the only commodity they really have, and, he, and we, as we've discussed in the show, yeah. he's not really a commodity anymore yeah. because he can't act the, activate the black vote anymore. Right, um, and, and I don't think Michelle did it. I mean, is it, she Michelle Obama seems like she's a trouble troublemaker now. You know what she said on uh, on her podcast, and yeah, just you know not mentioning Kamala. There's a lot of stuff. She just seems to have all kinds of issues and agendas. That's because she doesn't want, I don't think, I don't think they want anything to do with politics. They want everything that politics had to offer them. They do want to do their eight years and then they go off and be celebrities. Right. And it's just not the case. They keep getting pulled back in. You know, the media was was speaking to the media before how they actually called the shots. They were trying to make her the vice president. Right. <laughs> uh, she has no interest, but they were trying to put her out there and like basically shame her. And you see this from time to time uh, where 
these factions shame people into roles they don't want to they don't want to do and just as as a quick aside we saw this with lebron james and the the shooting in the lapd uh or the la sheriff's office trying to get him to donate money to find the shooters i mean right when you're this high level they can easily nudge you to do things that you want, don't want to do yeah, well lebron is a whole whole other story he's got all kinds of problems with people <laughs> that's he's got right, i'm just stuff. saying on yeah, that I level you. Yeah. you get pulled and pulled and pushed and prodded to where this is the problem of being a product and we always talk about people not personally right but as a product and when you're a product you have to perform uh as they see fit uh, i think we left off at what five yep uh all right so we're done with the dnc <laughs> okay um, the dnc and, big fail is basically what i'm hearing there was no, was yeah, nothing there uh, it was milk toast. no 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 clear messaging they're they're running on fumes over there uh yeah. and i want to say this just to point out I always pay attention to the, the 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 titles of videos um on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The D- DNC the title was watch the most newsworthy moments from the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> <laughs> the right. RNC was watch highlights from all the four nights of the RNC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference between you know which one sounds more exciting. But I guess we can go ahead and jump into the highlights from the RNC. Now more than ever, America needs four more years of a warrior in the White House. I'm here because we need my husband to be our president and commander-in-chief for four more years. He's what is best for our country. On November 3rd, you need to ask yourself, who do you trust to rebuild this economy? In a new term as president, we will again build the greatest economy in history, quickly returning to full employment, soaring incomes, and record prosperity. It's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You are capable. You are qualified. You are powerful. And you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Now, I heard it. I heard wait, it. Wait, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, how did that play for you? I mean, I was like, simmer down, Donna Summer. It's all right, Kimberly. We're all here. We can hear you. It was a bit much. Until the end, I, I, we know who she was talking to. Did that work? Who, who was she talking to, Adam? Enlighten me who she was talking to. Sounds like she was talking to our uh, black and brown communities <laughs> when she says, don't let the Democratic Party take advantage of you. Because if you listen to the way she delivered the lines, it seemed like she was supposed to end <laughs> at before, don't let them take you for granted. And then it's like, it was kind of like she through if you can like play that last maybe 10. yeah it was like a throwaway yeah i understand exactly what you're saying hold on let me play that last bit for you here we go your destiny don't let the democrats take you for granted <laughs> yeah and when i heard that i'm like oh they're not talking to black let's be clear <laughs> let's be clear here they are not talking to black women because they know black women don't want 
anything to do with the Republican Party, and certainly not or, or the, pro, the prototype Republican uh, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. And she's prototype right. of of what uh, uh, Democratic voters, women would just dislike. So I think the bell of the ball, if I, I can say with much glee, is the black man. We're finally wanted by somebody. Oh, well. and, it, and it feels good, Adam. It feels real good. Even from Kimberly Guilfoyle. Oh, nice. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is this Republican Party that I think I, I, I mentioned to mentioned it to you one time. They have this strategy of plus the plus group or plus uh, it's something plus strategy of they know they have their base. Right. They're they're 43% or whatever like that. If they can add 1% here or there in these critical states, if you're talking about uh Philadelphia, if you're we're talking about these urban urban quote quote, 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 quote urban, urban centers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We know what you mean. Uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, um yeah, Detroit. You have some sure. in North Carolina. If you can get the negative vote, they, they're clear. They're, they don't. They don't need you to go vote. They just need you to not go vote for Democrats, right? And and it's a win. And I think the Republicans. Uh, I think the first night they had four black men speak. Yeah. Uh, most of them clergymen are a good a good. Uh, portion of them clergymen we, we, we know all about the clergymen mm-hmm. but <laughs> yes we do <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that they realize their road to uh, another four years hinges on what the black man does and we've been talking about this for a year that's right <laughs> so uh, because it's the volume they always talk about the rate the rate you know 90 percent 90 you no know, black women vote 90 percent it's the volume of the black vote uh, if you don't have both black men and women voting for the Democrats, they don't win. And I think black men are just like pretty much fed up. Nobody says anything to us. Nobody, you know, even acknowledges us. So it's like, you know what? And you have this whole tangible thing going, yep. which it, it takes me back to the trick baby. Uh, oh yeah. One of our favorite golden, <laughs> golden clips uh, <laughs> of, and what? How do you handle the the black man when it comes to uh, do you? Um, well, let's just, just go into the clip. Yes, this is the dinner scene. The movie is from 1974. I was on this earth. Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, no, thank you. 
In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. <laughs> now, uh, it's such a good clip. I love hearing that. So one. listening to that, I know we're going to go back a little bit, but if I can hear a little bit of Guilford again and really listen to what she says, um, <clears throat> maybe the last 30 seconds of that clip, she's talking straight to a group of people saying, be who you want to be. Listen to it one more time. Prosperity. Oops. It's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You wow. are capable. You are qualified. You are powerful. And you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. All right, I have to say something. <laughs> this is uh, this is my uh, my systemic racism because I watched mm-hmm. that and and here's what I and probably ev- every other white dude thought was exactly what I said. Calm down. It was it, it not even hearing this message, and I of all people should have definitely heard what she was saying. <laughs> it was it was it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. It was it was very abrasive, right? But but, but when you I heard went it, back and you listened, heard it, even, yeah, you but, heard but, it. No, but you know, I'll be fair. I didn't hear it in real time. Her abrasiveness. I was like, "Calm down, lady." <laughs> but when I was clipping it, yeah, uh, and hearing, listening to it over and over again, I'm like, "Hold on, yeah." What this is what I heard once I, I actually got past her um, delivery and actually got to the meat of what she was saying. Us over here, the Republican Party, are not going to dink around with y'all, manipulate y'all, traumatize y'all. You're free to be who you want to be. Um, and it was a it was a dog whistle to black and Hispanic men, and no one caught it but you, Mo. I hope other black and Hispanic <laughs> men heard it because I didn't, and this was not a thing, not a thing in the media. It's very interesting. I I didn't hear it. It's- crazy and and it's it is not that it's not that i don't think a lot of <laughs> black and brown men were watching the rnc to be honest with you yeah. but it <clears throat> speaks more to their strategy yes of here's this community that's been poked and prodded and and manipulated for year after year after year uh that now that's why now when you go back to the trick baby clip right. you have the liberals saying you have to manipulate them you have to, you know, steer them. You know, you have to nudge them. And the Republicans like, just let them be who they want to be. I right. mean, you know, right. uh, that's what I took away from it. Huh. After, I, after I could get past our delivery. <laughs> well, and also just, you know, in differences in that clip, man, boy, do you hear it with the music? And it's so well produced, even without seeing it. it the audio of the speakers, uh, the Democrats chose mm-hmm. for a Zoom call type thing with a, a lot of, you know, back yeah. and forth and hosted uh, by actresses and just it, it it wasn't a slick show and of course trump had his mark burnett guys you know who, who, who these are professional producers <laughs> like like the first lady melania holy crap it was the bachelor beautiful so on the heels of this the, uh, the rnc i have this pbs clip from shamichael singleton and he kind of echoes what i've been saying uh, uh previously um doing the show 
But at this RNC to broaden that appeal, to raise those favorability numbers, we have seen a concerted effort to court uh, voters of color, to court women. Are those appeals breaking through, do you think? I think the appeals could break through with a certain percent of African-American men. Uh, Donald uh, Trump did fared better than Mitt Romney did, and also John McCain uh, with, with African-Americans, generally speaking, but more importantly, African-American men. And I would certainly think uh, Mitt Romney and John McCain were far more palatable individuals, more palatable leaders when you compare them to someone like Donald Trump, yet he was somehow able to get better numbers. And so I think if he can somewhat replicate that, maybe increase it by a percent or two uh, in certain places like a, a Wisconsin or some place like a Michigan where there are larger African-American populations or Ohio, uh, when you think about the urban areas, that could somewhat benefit him. But I think when you think about his appeal to minorities, I don't think he's really focused on, Afri on African-American women. They absolutely do not like President Trump. But again, I, I do think when he talks a lot about criminal justice reform, when he's talking about pardons, I do think, and I know a lot of people may find this to be a bit skeptical, and those who may be aware perhaps are wondering, how is this even possible? I do believe that there are some out there who may find his message of interest when compared to someone like uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Wow. <laughs> what uh, what percentage? Because, of course, not not all ADOS. But I th actually, actually, I think uh, Latinx, the Latinx men. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, maybe easier for them to say, I, you know, I, I want to support uh, the Republicans. I want, or in this case, I just say I want to support Trump. Um, what percentage do you think of of, of ADOS uh, men really can do it? And what there's got to be a, a a portion that is still largely thinking that uh, anything but. It's not the portion, and we have to parse things correctly. I've been on this thing since show number one. Mm. It's the negative vote. Right. I have other things to do Tuesday. Right, 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 right. So what, how much that's, of the negative vote? It's just 5% maybe, but that would be enough. I have an answer for you for you that <laughs> later on in the show. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, so you have to I so will listen to, to the around. show. Yes, I will hang out for the show. All right, good. Let's continue. But um, Karen Hunter, mm. I got to give her credit. Oh, really? Okay. Although we, we, we discussed this on uh, show 46. She identified this as well, that nobody's talking to the black male voter. With Trump, 15% of black men actually pulled the lever for Trump. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be the same. And it's that Kanye group. Mm -hmm. It's that group that just the guys just called up that they feel not powerful anymore, that the world is shifting. There's all of these different things going on. We got they's and them's now. I don't know what to do with that. We got <laughs> women out there talking about they don't need us. We got this and this and that. It, it resonates with them. And I was thinking it still does. Mm -hmm. That that portion is not going away. As a matter of fact, I think he might have galvanized more. I think he's going to get a lot of black men voting for him. Nobody's talking to black men. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Not a single one of these can. Everyone's over indexing on black women. Mm -hmm. You're not going to win against Trump just talking to black women. You're not going to win against Trump not not engaging in talking to black men. And I'm saying this because I don't hear anybody talking to black men, period. Mm -hmm. And the only voice that actually resonates with black men is Donald Trump. You know, Karen Hunter, when I hear her, and I, I of course, I remember the clip, but it's good to hear it again. It seems like she's someone who, who goes to work 
and just does her job and really doesn't believe in it or anything, she she may actually be a lot more switched on than we think. It's just she has to do this for her. That's her. Like, that's what she does. I mean, when you put the amount, I have to give her credit. When you put the amount of work that she has put in to get where she's at, mm. you don't want to rock the boat at her age. And I'm not, I'm not being an ageist here. I'm just saying that it, when you get baked into corporate America, you can't really rock the boat because where where's left? I mean, podcasting, YouTube. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm, and you think I'm being, I'm no, being I know funny, but I'm really no, you're not. Right. You're absolutely I'll right. I'll give you. I'll give you an example of Roland Martin. Roland Martin at one time was on CNN, yep. and he made that uh, gay comment about I think Beckham. And was that they kind of was that it that got him uh, that got him kicked off? That was a while ago. That that got him ostracized, and then he um, the Donna Brazil and you know the giving the questions and that kind of yeah, thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. but I'm just saying it's a very especially for quote unquote black people. There, there's no golden parachute. I mean, you could be hot today and gone tomorrow. So I got I got I I know I'm hard on her sometimes. But she has her finger on the pulse, her and Stephen A. Smith, because they tried to push this Lincoln Party thing where black people should vote one cycle for Republicans. And they kind of got, you know, whack-a-mold, like get back in your hole kind of thing. So she knows she gets it. And she used a key word there. And I think we need to introduce it to our show. The over indexing. Yes. This is the thing I talked yeah, about with good. the with the rate. They're, they're always talking about the rate 90%, 90%, 90%, 90, but you don't have the volume. Right. And it's clear. 08, 2012, black men lined up around the block to vote for Barack Obama. Less than 12 and 08. Um, and he won. Not so much. I mean, we one of our first shows was talking about the, the turnout of black people uh, in, in 2016. And without the turnout, it was like, I think, I forget the numbers. It was less than 60%. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be really close to 50%, maybe less. Wow. Because you have one group of people saying to you, you don't matter. We only need to use you for cannon fodder. Mm. <laughs> uh, we don't have anybody speaking to you. Who who at the DNC spoke for black men? No, I didn't hear a single one, and I watched all of it. Pretty much, not pretty much all of it. I don't think any of them did. Who went? <clears throat> excuse me. Who in Black Lives Matter speak for black men? Nobody. So you look, and it's like y'all don't have my interest at heart. And it's I've been through four years of Trump. He's not the boogeyman you say he is. I, when I'm, when I'm, who I'm speaking for is the, the uh, silent majority of black mm, men. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm one of them. I, I don't go out here and protest. I don't have a sign in my yard. You know, um, other than this show, I mean, I, I watch politics as a sport. I mean, more than... And unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, uh, sports has become politics. That's the sad part. And, and you know what? And <laughs> I think more black men are becoming... I don't want to use the word engaged because that signifies that they're going to take action, but they become more informed mm. on politics in this time. Cause it's, it's like, are oh, you using me? You are using my name, you are using my image, my likeness, 
but you have nothing for me. And you hear more and more, uh, this silent rumble. And it's kind of, I, I can't explain it, but it's this dance that black men do when we're amongst each other. Like, yeah. So, so what about the election? Oh yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, like, yeah you, uh, I, you stand home. What are you doing Tuesday? I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> and, right. What, what are you doing Tuesday? Right. And it's nobody motivates, <clears throat> nobody motivates us to go out and if we're not mo use the word accurately activated <laughs> then then the democrats lose do you feel and i think they've picked up on it do you feel that uh the the uh, black lives matter and united in black and all this stuff that's it's i mean it's the nba it's the nfl it's uh, it's even roller derby i mean it's 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 every single sport is is cluttered with this do you think that detracts from the so-called black man's uh, willingness to uh, participate in the Democratic voting bloc? Because- I'm going to use this word, and I've never used it before on this show. But when you have people walking around like LeBron James, 6'9", 260, 70 pounds, talking about we're being hunted, it makes black men sound like pussies. Mm. And we don't like it. I've talked to my friends. It, this not the that's not the messaging, and I'm sorry for that lewd language. But I, I, I want I said it with emphasis because afraid, <laughs> afraid. Do you know who my grandfather is? Who my great grandfather is? Who my right. father is? Right. It's pretty, so to yeah, say it's I walk rude. around afraid. Yeah. But that's the, not in the protocol, and, 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 it, and it, it, it really, I'm, I, and it really doesn't sit well to say we're afraid. I mean, we're aware. I mean, we talked about last show about the talk that our parents mm-hmm, had with us, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a it's a series of conversations that's intra-racial and interracial. Uh, but we're not afraid, right? And when you do that, and you use your mouthpieces to talk like that, and Oh, being black is a crime. Right. No, not at all. And, and you know, it really is. It's infuriating because it's like you're you're treating me like a child. Uh, but I mean, I'll reel it back in. But I'm just, it's just no. I, it's I, not, I understand. It's there, there, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because I asked you a question specifically about Black Lives Matter. What we came back was what the what key figures are saying. So it's specifically LeBron. It's specifically uh, Michelle. Um, so it's, it's not the signage necessarily. It's the people who are all in and who are doing anything but playing their sport. They're talking and they're talking a bunch of smack. Right. And then on top of that, you're celebrating uh, people with questionable passes with past, uh, and guys that get up, put their work boots on every day, go to work, um, come home and, you know, be good dads. You're trying to lump us in, you know, with these, these, these uh, unsavory figures. And it's, it's just, it's, it's a real, it's a separation going on is what it is. It's a real, I know I highlighted the, <laughs> the, the, the white civil war, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's happening over here too. It's ha- it's happening on this side too. We want to be respected as men, and nobody is doing that. And 
And as I said before, the election of Donald Trump, not him himself, but the the restoration of the 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 masculinity, the aspect of masculinity, um, I think it resonates with with a lot of <clears throat> so called black men. Had a real effect. It, it's it's hey. And then when you hear, uh, like you said, the RNC, we're going to get into some of the people that spoke. But I have this this next clip. It's from uh, Bloomberg Quick Takes. And it goes into, no, excuse me, excuse me. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I think we left off at PBS, We Karen Hunter. And then yeah. now we're going to go to. Um, the Black Male Voter Project. This new project. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Let's go. Let's get into that. All right, we are just months away from Election Day, and it is going to be a big one, whether you vote early, by mail, or in person, every single vote counts. But currently in the U.S., listen to this, about half, half of black men who are registered to vote have not done so in the last five consecutive elections. And that's what the Black Male Voter Project is working to change. Tonight, we're joined live by Mondale Robinson with the Black Male Voter Project. Uh, Mondale, thank you for being with us. Tell me about the mission of this project and why it's taking on added significance this election year. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I want to say that um, actually I think it's been important a long time. Unfortunately, because people have not prioritized the needs and ideas and issues that are important to black men, it just seems like this year is extremely important. I would argue that black men participating in the election is better for everybody, especially those who make up the lower wrongs of society. Because when we vote, we vote for issues that better everybody, not just a select group of folk. Um, the mission of Black Male Voter Project is one that is extremely simple. It is our job to create more super voters that are black men, meaning brothers who vote every election cycle. And we're working hard to do that um, throughout traditional campaigning and introduce a new way of campaigning called BMEP Additory Approach. We basically use Maslow hierarchy of needs and behavior psychology to change the psyche of black men about voting. Whoa, sounds like some deep programming happening. Oh, mind control is what it sounds like. So, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm getting you to play a lot of clips over again, and some of these clips we might can breeze through and not really discuss more. But this one right here, yeah, he said a lot in that le- in in that, minute. <laughs> so he he has a thing called being. First of all, he has this uh, project called the Black Male Voter Project. Uh, this guy is W. Uh, Mont. Oh, hold on, his that name Mondale is Robinson. Ma- Mondale Robinson. Yes, he's from North Carolina. Me and him are the same age. So I mean, so I can I, I can identify with him because we're both from the same place and we're the same age. And he comes up with this thing called the BMEP additory approach, and it's copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, he actually, he actually in the in the uh, comment, it actually has the copyright symbol beside the additory approach, without wow. which I found funny. It's uh-huh. Like, yeah, huh. and it's. We need to change the way the black man thinks. Holy crap. See, see this, this childlike. And then he says, I, I, we might have to play a little bit of it again, but he says that um, we need to uh, use math. What was it? Uh, Maslow's. Yeah. What is that? Maslow's. You know, uh, uh, hierarchy 
we're gonna get. I got that. I got. I got it on deck. I mean, it's uh, basically <laughs> well, let, your needs. Let's just listen to um, the, the your la- level of needs. I mean, this is the last twenty seconds of that guy. That's when he really rolled it all out here. Maybe, maybe, maybe the last thirty. Maybe last last 30. thirty seconds. Okay. Especially those who make up the lower rungs of society, because when we vote, we vote for issues that better everybody, not just a select group of folk. Um, the mission. Stop, of stop, the clip. Yep. stop the clip. Stop the clip. Stop. Stop. I, and we got to break this down piece by piece. So first of all. This lends to what I talked about last week of us being the sacrifice. Right. He didn't say that we vote for us. <laughs> when we vote, we better everybody else. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's how voting works. Yeah, you, sh- I, I'm not sh- sure. I'm be not quiet. voting what, Who are you? Be quiet. Follow the rules. <laughs> just vote for everybody else. <laughs> so I, I just want to take that piece out and let's let continue on project is one that is extremely simple it is our job to create more super voters that are black men meaning brothers who vote every election stop the clip stop the clip <laughs> he wants to create super voters yeah it's it's not it's, informed voters no, super voters <laughs> not motivated voters not you know not stimulated voters with giving them policy and tangibles no 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 he wants super voters and let's see how he'll make them super voters brothers who vote every election cycle and we're working hard to do that um with throughout traditional campaigning and introduce a new way of campaigning called bmep editory approach we basically use maslow hierarchy of needs and behavior psychology to change the psyche of black men about voting so audi- so his, his auditory is something with some sound or or some kind of a- no ad auditory auditory yeah auditory so it's like I'm guessing adding us into the <laughs> into the fold. I don't know how, what he means by additory. Additory. It's basically we need to change the site. Now imagine any other group. You say, you know the let's just throw out there, let's um black women voters. We need to change your psyche <laughs> to get them to vote. Can you imagine? Now black women Can you when they imagine? the black ink women I don't want uh, right. And I want to be clear when I say black women, we're talking about before everybody gets triggered. Um, we're talking about the black ink women. They made their demands quite clear. We want a black female vice president. We want a yes. black female uh, Supreme Court justice. You know, they laid it out. Now, when if somebody came in the room and said, you know what? We need to change your your psychology. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And get you to vote where you benefit everybody else, not yourself. Well, now, now that is that act- would not fly at all. Now that has happened, except it was never announced like that. You know, this is this is a pre-announcement. Like, here we come, stand by. This is what we're doing. The word "additory" is not a word. What is "additory"? I'm thinking like he's they're trying to add us. In. I mean, that's I took it literally. <sighs> uh, the additory approach, and and I couldn't find any. Uh, what the uh, acronym of BMEP stood for, but I did do some, and this is the rabbit hole I fell in last night. Like I said, YouTube hates me. I have my (laughs) clip list already. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, yeah, let me go. And it's like, bam, black male voter project. I'm like, okay, let me, let me see what this is about. It just showed up in my feed. And I'm like, holy shit. Who is this guy? What is Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I mean, like, it, 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 let people know. 
This is why this show is not a weekly show. It is a weekly show. <laughs> we just, but when these things crop when they, up, when it happens, we have to. We got to pump the brakes and uh, and stop to pick up whatever we whatever roadkill there is. Because I think we're what fifty days or less away from the election. We have no time yeah. to waste here, folks. You know, we can't wait till all oh, we'll get to that next week or <clears throat> let this thing slide. This, uh, I'm going to come back to him. But before that, let's get into what the Maslow's hierarchy of needs are. No longer part of the close-knit Orthodox family of his youth, Maslow wanted to find out what could make life purposeful for people, himself included, in modern-day America, a country where the pursuit of money and fame seemed to have eclipsed any more interior or authentic aspirations. He saw psychology as the discipline that would enable him to answer the yearnings and questions that people had once taken to religion. He suddenly saw that human beings could be said to have essentially five different kinds of need. On the one hand, the psychological, or what one could term, without any mysticism being meant by the word, the spiritual, and on the other, the material. For Maslow, we all start with a set of utterly non-negotiable and basic physiological needs for food, water, warmth and rest. In addition, we have urgent safety needs for bodily security and protection from attack. But then we start to enter the spiritual domain. We need belongingness and love. We need friends and lovers. We need esteem and respect. And lastly, and most grandly, we are driven by what Maslow called, in a now legendary term, an urge for self-actualization, a vast, touchingly nebulous, and yet hugely apt concept involving what Maslow described as living according to one's full potential and Ooh. becoming who we really are. Hey, just just to stop you for a second, I think it is auditory. <laughs> I have a lot of, I find a lot of information about BMP auditory signaling so he might have said auditory but if it was auditory no no i, I pulled it straight from his uh, website it's really? a-d-d-i-t-o-r-y oh okay. auditory approach oh, oh double d okay hmm all right i'll uh, put it in the show notes so well is- i can tell you i can read what it says it yeah, says please. it's designed to eliminate the inherent inherited uh inherent skepticism lack of voter immobilization and increase the desire within black men to participate in electoral politics greater than the casual relationship that currently exists and what i'm thinking is that just i'm just going out on limb here uh basically they're saying black men basically exist now on the lowest level of um, we found the new bottom. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy. We're just breathing. We want food, sex. You're like sleep. amoeba. Uh, You're like an amoeba, man. You're just a, a, a larva. Right. A larvae. <laughs> so what they want to do is go get us to the next level of safety. Mm. You know, security of body, of employment, uh, of resources, yeah, morality, yeah, 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 of family yeah, yeah. health. Then the next level is love and belonging, friendship, family. So are they talking about they're going to ostracize us if we don't vote? I'm just saying, this is a very slick and sick approach. How about just giving us tangibles? I mean, it's that easy. Hey, we're going to exchange for your vote. We're going to give you X, Y, Z. Okay, that works for me. I'll go vote for you. No, 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 no. We need to change your psychology. This is what I'm talking. 
I hope people are understanding why I get so animated. Animated <laughs> about this whole process because it's never we're never treated like adult human beings. We're always dictated to. And now they're just openly saying it. I mean, to say that we're going to, you know, play around with people's psychology, that's that's wild. But as, as I said, I had to figure out who this guy was. Yeah. So I, I started digging around YouTube and I <laughs> found this video. Uh, Black Male Voter Project founder W. Mondale Robinson won. Being a black man, 40 years old, who does political work um, and have have so have done so for the better part of 20 years, uh, I was I felt like I was obligated uh, for my love for brothers, and also because I see uh, the white status quo, uh, mainly the consultant class and the two political parties ignoring and also treating the black men as if we are um, not a priority and and also that we like like we are necessary for the narrative on how uh, black communities should be and also address around uh, elections and, and everything associated with those. Mainly uh, those who supposedly agree with us and how they exclude the black man and black male narrative and what's important and how you can talk to us and also turn out our vote. And then at the same end, while they won't spend resources on us and prioritize us, they'll definitely blame us for everything that fails with their candidates and also their electoral plans. Uh, both parties treat black men as if we are pawns to be played with and also um, as if our issues aren't the most pressing issues. Hmm. So how does uh, so he sound? Oh, he's he sounds. Oh, it sound okay. He's saying both parties, you know. Um, so I started clicking around the website. Uh, if you want to go over there, uh, yeah. black was it black yeah. male voter project? Yep. Yep. I'm looking. Please at venture over there. And I then I saw this, the one under events. I think brothers with an A S B voting. <laughs> what in the, I see it right what here. In the huggy bears is. <laughs> Brothers be voting. <laughs> it, should, it it would have been better if it said, "Brothers, let me ask you: Will you be voting?" <laughs> that would have been perfect. Right. Be be no, but brothers be voting. That that that's a slogan. That's that a just slogan. triggers my gr- grammatical uh, mind so much. It's like that just doesn't sit well with me. What are you saying that we can't form a sentence correctly, yeah. and you have to talk to us in this way? You know what? You know what? I'm going to give Mondale a pass. I'm going to give Mondale a pass. Why? But, uh, are you Are you there? Are, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because I have to. Okay. I have to because he hasn't proven himself to be problematic yet. Oh, there's the problematic <laughs> he, 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 word. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Adam, you're on the website, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Can, can you Can you click on the donate button right quick? Oh, let me guess what happens here. We click on the donate button. Let me scroll down and see. Oh, and there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Your money goes right to Act Blue, the Democratic fundraising organization. Uh, paid for by you Act see Blue. How he inf- yeah. yeah. You see how he infiltrated always both parties and yeah. this is their this is their uh, <laughs> he said himself, it's yeah. both parties that neglect us. They have realized we need to get somebody that speaks the lingo, which apparently is he uh, looks, <laughs> apparently the lingo is brothers be voting. 
be voting. It's yeah. insulting. It's, can you imagine if if a, the Republic, if a Republican uh, operative, or if I had done that? Hey, here's a plan. If, if Trump, yeah, if Trump. Now imagine if Trump would have put this together. Black oh, male, man. black male voter project. Trump would have created it, and you click on it and said brothers with an AS be voting. <laughs> <laughs> and all that job talk. I mean, it's the same thing that Joe Biden does. I mean, it's the it's the same thing. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's this it's this job. Give me job on the black hand side. You know all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we're people, we're educated people. We don't need to be taught to like this. And then you come with this. Both parties have done us wrong, and you're propped up by Act Blue. No, yeah. no, no, Mr. Yeah. Mondell, you've been exposed. You know, Mo Facts is on the case. But yeah, that's why I said I had to go. <laughs> oh, I like it. You can buy because, for your for your wife on their uh, on their uh, in their store. Oh, yes. You can buy a, I love black male voter. Oh, I love a black no, male no, voter. I'm glad you there brought you that up. Uh huh. I'm glad you brought that up. That goes to the third level on the um on the what was it called? Yeah, uh, the, the Maslow's, Maslow's scale. triangle. Yeah. Loving, love and belonging, friendship, family, sexual Im- uh, intimacy. Yeah. You see what they're doing here? Yeah. Oh, you can be loved, black man, if you only give us your vote. Oh, this is this is hilarious. So there's a t-shirt and it's uh, it's like a label on on food up the time your chest uh-huh and so it says blackmail <laughs> voter oh yeah this is great it's the most it's the most bigoted racist things i've ever seen i love it here blackmail voter nutrition facts serving size one dope brother so that would be you wearing the t-shirt <laughs> eight. yeah oh yeah it's one uh-huh. dope brother uh percentage daily concern our kids 100 percent. our family 100 percent. criminal justice reform 100 percent trades back in schools 100% and police brutality 100% the hood 100% your racist bs the 0% <laughs> the hood yeah other ingredients include book and street smarts hood and suburban swag wow this is this is it's crazy it's black on black racism right here man it's got to stop this is this is what kept me up to five or six this morning. Ordering T-shirts. I hope people understand. <laughs> oh, God. I I live this. And what I mean by this, identifying infiltrators like Mondale. Yeah. If anybody would, if you would have came to me, hey, Mo, hey, we want to make a T-shirt for the podcast. We want to put brothers on it. Be Brothers be listening to Mo Facts. Yeah. I'm like Adam. <laughs> and then I have a picture of my no. face just to make it funnier. <laughs> well, right. I like this future. But, but listen to this, Mo. This is- Did you see this? The future black male voter <laughs> youth hoodie. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, wow, I, and wow. I honestly, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't even think Mondale's calling the shots here. Because he, he or either he's severely tone deaf. No, uh, to no, I, I not. With you. Yeah, I don't think. I think somebody said, "Hey, Rondell, we're going to use you as the front man. You go out here, you push this BMEP editory approach, uh, trademark, <laughs> copyrighted, yeah. and we're going to put you at the front man." And these states, and the states were. Let's go back to what states they're targeting. 
Now, I, I thought you cared about all black men. No, 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 no. We only care about the black men in swing states, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, Ohio, <laughs> Indiana, New York, New Jersey. Wow. The other 37 states that contain black men don't matter. And he's a political operative. He's working on 125 uh, campaigns and leading roles internationally, oh, yeah. which we have to get around to the, the build back better. Mm. Uh, the, if you didn't notice when uh, you remember when the 19th, what was it? What was it? 19th Amendment or night? What was the lady from the that did the first interview with? Uh, I, I know this is I know I'm uh, going off on the side here, but I just want to make this one point. Because he says leading roles internationally. This is a globalist push. Right. Uh, the lady that interviewed um, Kamala Harris first, they got the very first interview as she was met, nominated um, for vice president. The 19th, 19th or something like that. Um, Kamala Harris pushed the bill back better. We glossed over it. Yeah. But we, now we see. Right, 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 right. What happened to uh, lift every voice? <laughs> that was supposed. <laughs> that was not that good. Was supposed to that be was the- not good. No, we had to do build back better. It was too inspirational. I don't know what that was. But can I get a woosah, please? Because yeah. I, I, man, I need a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a double woosah. All right, no smoking on set. Right. Yeah, I don't even smoke. I mean, but I'm just out there seeing this bull crap. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Hey, but you know who hey, this you know guy what? is? This this guy this. Uh, he is. Uh, he works for Democracy for America, which is one hundred percent. Oh yeah, now I see it. Okay, it's the. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's the same website maker. Say, oh my goodness, they got the. Shop I didn't want to leave too. the witness. Oh, I didn't want. That's why I didn't tell you who. I wanted you to click on the donate button yourself. Yeah, but no, I've seen but, enough but, uh, curry cash. Uh, checks go down to, but he to, he to literally he literally is the national political director for democracy for america so yeah. he you know he he's a total operative this is this is a, this is a this is total bogus it's bogus it's it's a t-shirt site but i i still don't know what their mbambe whatever that thing was that he was talking about his process BMEP auditory approach. I'm guessing black BM stands for black, black male, men. black men. What do you think that means? I, I can't find it anywhere. I, I mean, it might not mean anything. Yeah, I, they just slap some crap together like BM <laughs> BMEP auditory approach. It is. <laughs> yeah, what is that, man? Uh, uh, but you know what, brothers are getting smart. We we're we're the bell of the ball, Adam. I am so happy when you put this kind of <laughs> no, because when you put this kind of effort into it, that lets you know it makes you feel good, makes you who's feel holding wanted. the power. Yeah, it makes you feel wanted, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. only wanted, we we hold all the cards. So hold on, Mo. Let's say yes. With everything you know about the, uh, I'll just say the two parties, uh, but you could even mm-hmm. say reelecting Trump, uh, Biden, or no vote. If all of a sudden the Biden camp had one, despite that seems like they're pretty nuts, if they had one tangible, that would be enough for you? No. 
because they have so many negatives. Okay. So first of all, you got to balance out the, the, yeah. the negatives, uh, the negatives with first yeah. Yeah, before you. Yeah, that that tangible would have to be so big <laughs> to balance out how you're negatively impacting this, and that goes back to Trick Baby. That's why I played right, the clip. Right, right, you right. You have right, one party right. that doesn't even care. It's like you know. Not in, you know what I'm saying, in a bad way. It's like, y'all do y'all. We, I mean, we don't need y'all votes to, you know what I'm saying, win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part is like, oh, we need to manipulate them. We need to, you know, we need to BMEP. Uh, <laughs> Whatever uh, that is. That gets under my skin. Um, but what we have here is black men realizing we're have, holding on to cards. And to speak to that, we have Dr. Umar Johnson. I want to say something about the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party keeps on trying to influence black people to vote as if they're going to vote away police genocide. That's right. The Democratic Party keeps on trying to influence black people to vote as if they're going to vote away miseducation. The Democratic Party keeps on influencing black people to vote as excuse me as if they're going to vote into office economic opportunity or voter away gentrification okay the democratic party has not produced a plan yet the democratic party has not produced a plan yet the democratic party has not produced a plan yet to deal with any of the major problems that affect black America. There's no plan for miseducation. There's no plan for gentrification. There's no plan for mass incarceration. There's no plan for access to wealth. There's no plan for police genocide. But you want people to vote. Vote for what? Right. I would be honest with y'all. I would be absolutely honest with y'all. The most powerful thing black people could really do this election. The most powerful thing black people could really do this election was not vote at all. Let it be known that we will not be participating in the election at all. At all. Declare it to the country and hold your vote in your pocket. That is the most powerful thing you can do this year. Have we uh, heard from uh, before from Dr. Umar Johnson? I'm not familiar with him. Yes, yes, we have. And Dr. Umar Johnson, I'm sure people say he's a flawed character, but one thing he is, is a great speaker. Mm-hmm. And, I, and a lot of times, we want everybody to be everything. And I think if everybody just, certain people play their roles, <laughs> some people are builders, some people are strategists, some people are speakers. I mean, you need all of these different things. Um, in an organization or in, in the school of fish. Uh, right, right, right. And what he's saying here, and if you notice, he used NLP as well. Did you peep? Did you, uh, did you see that? No, which part he was He repeats that? the same thing. Oh, yes. Two, oh, yeah, three. yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. At t- three times. Yeah, so, three I times mean, he, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he, he, uh, he's, he's a psychologist. So, I mean, he understands, you know, how to get, to people's you no, know, to get them to un- reach people's minds, and he's letting them know, no, we're not voting for you, and and, it, and it's resonating. It's resonating uh, because I have this Bloomberg uh, quick take uh, saying, could Trump win more black voters in November than in 2016? My name is Matthew Hawley, and I am a Trump supporter. But they think because I'm black that I have to vote Democrat. They think that they can come out and say, 
racism bad. You guys went through a whole bunch of stuff and I'm here to save you. Vote for me. They've been doing that for years now, but they never change anything. This election right here will be the first time I actually cast a ballot for a president. When I first seen Trump, he was standing at the podium and he addressed black people directly. And he told us, you guys have been voting for Democrats forever now. You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. From voting for Democrats all these years. And then he looked in the camera and he said, what, what do you, do you have, have to lose? lose? I said, mm-hmm. I like that. Before you go on, Mo, I think I figured it out. <laughs> it's it's just bothering me to no end. I believe BMEP means Black Male Engagement Project. Okay. And uh, and and it's it here it is. Black Male Voter Project exists. We have thrown out the. I just can't get past this. We have thrown out the traditional way of campaigning because of its transactional nature and lack of ability to reach brothers, says it right there, brothers, yeah. where they are, which might be in da hood. In doing so, I made that part up, but that's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah, to me. But I, I, that's, yeah. yeah, in doing so, we have created a new campaign model that prioritizes an expansive approach to reach black men. Yeah, it's in, oh, yeah, okay. It's the just, reason why I played this clip to couple with the what Mondale's talking about, this guy here is a perfect example. See, he said this will be the first time he ever casted a vote in a presidential election. So this is the voter that he's talking about, right? And yep. it's not going as well as expected. It's not going well at all. Yeah. Well, they don't have the right. And t-shirts. maybe that's why the Democrat. Maybe that's why the Democrats didn't address black men at <laughs> ah. the DNC. Oh, that's a good point. Could have been. It's just like let them let them be. We don't want to get them registered because they might do anything with that registration. Now, oh, now who's suppressing votes? Right. I think they call that benign neglect, if I'm not mistaken. But I want to and, and uh, Bloom. I don't know what Bloomberg's doing here. Maybe he's a little salty that they didn't pick him to be president. But why, <laughs> why would he put? Why would he put this on his channel? <clears throat> and then the blur. I always like to capture the blurb uh, under the YouTube video. And well, it says, yeah. uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, okay, so Bloomberg Bloomberg Television, uh, like CNBC, which uh, I mm-hmm. watch both. The CNBC is a little more dy- dynamic. But they actually have to have some cr- kind of good information because people make investment decisions and have strategies based upon what oh, they're okay. saying. Got it. And, and so their truth comes out a little bit more. Also, I think Bloomberg, he got pissed off. I don't think he's put his money up. I th- you know, all those... Uh, races that it's going to put a hundred million dollars into. I don't think that happened. It, it seems to me like that kind of quiet. You know what? Would you? Would you? I mean, <laughs> no. did you see what the Democrats did to him? Joe Biden did to him at that black church. Yeah, when he had those black people. <laughs> you're uh, so right. You're so yeah. right. Yeah, you're so. So right. he, he's like, screw y'all. Yeah. You know, I'm a hey, worst case scenario. I get Trump's tax cuts and I'll be a super duper billionaire. Right. So I mean, so, right, right, um, right, right, right. But right. in the in the blurb it says. um 
it says support for Trump um for Trump from minorities has been particularly high among young men and those without college degree, says American University professor David Barker, who recently released a study on black voters. Trump's campaign is betting that this year he can get, gain even more traction. So this goes back to what I said at the RNC. That's what the, the people that they brought up there, that whole show uh, was targeted at give us a look. And it, not, not even vote for us, but give us a look. <laughs> Let us tell you how bad the DNC is. Let right, us tell, right. tell you how bad Democrats have done you. And you do us a solid by not voting, <laughs> you know, and, and we'll continue to look at all this money's been thrown around. Oh, yeah. To smart, start small businesses. So they're having a concerted effort to restructure the Republican Party. Now, I don't think they're trying to bring black male voters into the party, per se, but on a case by case, campaign by campaign basis, consider not voting for Democrats. This negative vote is... It's a big deal. I know I harp on this a lot, but it's a big friggin' deal. And as we talked about in our very first show, um, what do you have to lose? (laughs) Resonated. Yeah. Because it's like, you know what? He's right. And the guy said, that's the first time any president had talked directly to black men. Even Barack Obama didn't talk. Well, he did. Pull up your pants. Be somebody. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. It's like... what? No, who who do you think you are? Yeah. No, he cried over Trayvon. He he cried over Trayvon Martin. No, but when there's a, there's a, there's a speech that he gave at a church, I think on father's day or something. And he was just, Oh, oh, it was all your fault. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. You, you've done it all wrong. You're not around. You're not. I remember that. Didn't he say like, you're not around. Yeah, pound cake It was real pound cake <laughs> Alluding to the Bill Cosby speech. Right, uh, right, right, right. Ugh. On one hand, you say systemic racism, but then on the other hand, pull up your pants, be somebody, that right. kind of thing. No, right. be better. To talk to be like better. That. Be better. Right. We didn't grow up with uh, super duper millionaire uh, stepfathers. Sorry, sorry, Barry. <laughs> uh, now we're moving on. <clears throat> so, Trevor Noah. He had to put his two cents in on the uh, RNC uh, and their appeal to the black voter. So last night, the party showcased their diversity by giving speakers slots to all four of America's black Trump supporters. And I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the week. I mean, Tim Scott has already spoken. So they're going to have to bring him back out on Wednesday with a fake mustache like, hello, it's me, Senator Brimschmott, and I also support Donald Trump. This this South African douchebag. I mean, you know, I, I, I've always had a problem when I hear Brits bitching and moaning about our about our system uh, mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm sure they feel the same when i talk about brexit but man trevor no, noah a- adam, really gets on adam, my nerves you're sounding like a self-hating white man yeah, well, they, what no 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 what i'm saying that's what we're told when we say you know when people not ados people speak on our Oh uh, yes, oh of course, right, right. No, right. I was being I was being facetious there. No, but I know what you're saying. That's what we're told. You yeah, you're you're a self hating black person if you know if you don't let uh, Joy Reid speak for you know speak for, speak your, for you. Um, speak for you. Speak, speak for, for you. you. Speak for you. You don't let Trevor Noah speak for you. And don't you see a trend here? Uh, over this whole forty nine shows we've been doing, 
how many how many how many yes how many actual ados men have we heard in the media speaking about the topics we've been talking about for the past more than a year i don't think a single one how many ados people ninja (laughs) a few not not just men that's i mean who a Malcolm X clip. I mean, we play I'm not, Malcolm not, X clips. No, I'm talking about in the, like, I'm talking about in the media now. Yeah, right. You got to go back to the '60s. It's that bad. But, it's that bad. Well, that's what I said even, to Joe Rogan. That's what I said to Joe Rogan. I said, "Who are the? Where are the male leaders of Black Lives Matter?" He said, "I don't even know who the female leaders are." But he, you know, it's like it's so obvious because you don't see them. They're none. There's no names. No one. No one to say. Oh yeah, that guy. No, none of it. Mo facts. That's what. I, that's the only one I know. And, and Ados, I mean, they're out here, but they don't get the TV time. That's the problem. They don't get the TV time. And if they do get the TV time, they got to do what Mondale did. That's the only way you get to do your TV. Yeah. Mondale, I would assume, he says he's from North Carolina, so I would just assume that he's Ados. Um, but to get the platform, you have to carry, you're saying, carry water. Yeah. And 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 it's not working anymore. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of good uh, allies out there that are not ADOS, but they even see our plight. One of them on uh, the brother from the, uh, the TD media, uh, we played his clips before. Right. He's Haitian American, right. but he goes 10 toes down for what we're saying for the ADOS movement. Right. Um, lineage. Let me, let me be specific there. Um, so well, let, yeah, let, did we finish yeah, up with, no, no, finish no, up with no, Trevor no. Noah? No, okay. I, I didn't even get three seconds into it before I was <laughs> sick of the guy. You. He does trigger me. And he does this all the time. He just, oh, it's all four of the black men. It's like, shut up. Just eh, annoying. So last night, the party showcased their diversity by giving speakers slots to all four of America's black Trump supporters. And I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the week. I mean... Tim Scott has already spoken. So they're going to have to bring him back out on Wednesday with a fake mustache like, hello, it's me, Senator Brimschmott, and I also support Donald Trump. And while some of the black speakers last night attested to how not racist Trump is, one of the speakers went even further and declared that the real racists are the Democrats. You may be wondering, why is a lifelong Democrat speaking at the Republican National Convention? And that's a fair question. And here's your answer. The Democratic Party does not want black people to leave their mental plantation. We've been forced to be there for decades and generations. But I have news for Joe Biden. We are free. We are free people with free minds. So let me get this straight. When other groups organize and vote by their interests, they get a fancy name like voting blocks. But when black people do it, you get told you're acting like an extra on roots. And why is it that the people who always say you should be a free thinker have a very specific set of instructions on how to think? Think for yourselves, black people. All right, man, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna vote for the Democrats. No, I said think for yourselves, vote Republican. Okay, maybe I'll vote independent. Yo, you better start thinking for yourself. Wow, he's really missing it. He's miss he's missing the don't vote <laughs> no, part, isn't he? No, he's projecting is what he's doing because that's exactly what the Democrats do. Is if it, you say yeah. you're gonna and and, and I'm not even talking about the party. I'm I'm getting personal here. Yeah. When when I tell people um uh, yeah, I'm not voting, what how can you not vote? You're against, your, like, you're okay, against your people. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, what they'll say what they'll say is this is how it goes. Well, you know, yeah, I'm not thinking about, I'm not voting. There's nothing tangible out there for me. How 
how can you let your ancestors down and you know your forefathers that you know got beaten the streets for your right to vote? How can you let them down? Well, you know what? Um, I'm looking at Trump. I mean, he has. And how can you? How what? How can you even consider voting for Donald Trump? Now, what choice do I have? <laughs> right. No vote. He completely exactly. projected yeah, there. One hundred percent. And I was when I heard, I was like, "What?" I've never heard a Republican say that. Like, oh, you know the, what he how he laid it out there. But in all fairness, what we like to do, we don't like sound bites here. We like to go get the whole, you know, listen to the whole um footage. And I want to say this before we continue on um, with the Vernon Jones uh, National Convention speech. Did he not look presidential up there? <laughs> you know, he'd been on TV a couple of times. And he's a he's a state's representative, I think, uh, for the Democratic Party. And, and well, so was Obama. So I mean, we, no, I mean, we know these things can he, move fast. He's not even a senator. He's just a you know a, a state senator. So not, I understand. I'm yeah. just saying, but these things can move quickly. I mean, if they can get you in the right state, I mean, and get you you know interesting a seat somewhere. Interesting. But I'm just saying the way he carried himself. No, the yeah, guy's okay, great. You, no, the okay. guy's great. I, I was going to say I saw him. Uh, on MSNBC, f- pushing back, and uh, he was getting a lot of crap for it, and he doesn't care. He's, he seems to be a pretty straight shooter, and what he did, obviously, is political suicide within the uh, Democratic Party. So we'll see where he goes. I mean, I, but, I'm but expecting him to make the big announcement that he's switching. I, I I don't think he I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I think he should stay. I was a former Democrat, <clears throat> not, not 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 identified as Republican. I mean, if I'm giving him political advice, I just, this is what I'll tell him. I'm a, I'm a former Democrat, uh, kind of play it like Barney plays it. You know, um, I'm with the party, but I'm not a Republican because that comes with a certain, um, weight that, you know, that weighs you down. But the reason why I say presidential, the way he carried himself. It's not like he would seem like a tool for the Republican Party. Not at all. Not at all. That free free man walking, free man thinking. That's the way he lives. That Kanye, that Kanye, he, 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 he used, used Kanye, like a Kanye thing. voter, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Didn't we text each other? It's been so long ago. I mean, it seems yeah, like the world, we, did, we did. The world melted yeah. down. But I remember watching. I think we were texting each other. Look, what did Vernon just say? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm just saying, if you put the Republican machine behind him. But you don't make him a Republican per se. And if he can peel off some black votes here and there or at least keep people home, he could easily get a, a seat, you know, in, in a Congress, you know, in, in Congress and then leverage that into I mean, a political run, maybe 2028. I mean, I can see it. I mean, I I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but not at all. I can see not that happening. It's not crazier than uh, Ivanka. Right, uh, and then he hasn't lost his voice, and then that's a, the the white voice that we have. We're gonna have to do a show on that one day because that matters too. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you speak, uh, not more, not it was more important than what you say. So, Obama practiced that what he did, you know, and the, the walk, the dap, that kind of thing, the swag. I mean, you even said it yourself. I mean, what did the t shirt say? Uh, <laughs> or something about something swag. I mean that's what that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. He didn't lose his swag. But um let's go on and get into the uh Vernon Jones's actual speech at the uh RNC. Time for sleeping in the basement. Joe Biden has had 47 years to produce results. 
but he's been all talk and no action, just like so many of the Democrats who've been making promises to the black voters for decades. We've been their captive audience. When President Trump sought to earn the black vote, the Democratic Party leaders went crazy. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer literally started wearing kente cloths around the the, the U.S. Capitol. I remember this. As if pandering were enough to keep us satisfied. Let me tell you why I'm supporting our president. I grew up in the South, in Laurel Hill, North Carolina, Scotland County, the Green Pond community to be exact. My parents, Robin and Rufa Jones, built with their own hands a four-room cinder-block home with no indoor plumbing. They had very limited education, but they instilled in us a strong work ethic that drove me from those tobacco fields of North Carolina to those hallowed halls of the Georgia General Assembly. My parents taught me if I believed in God, worked hard, and treated every person fairly, there was no limit to what we could achieve. There's there's your message. That's nice. Yeah, yeah he's, and, and he's, it, it resonates because it's not like he came from a you know boulet upbringing. Right. I mean, it's, he has he has um depth. He has depth to him. Yeah, and I think that's very valuable. And to come out and say these things in this time where you see a, a maturation pro, uh, process going for black male voters, you see somebody to keep an eye on. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, but when does the real backlash come, though, man? Beside the Outside of the, you know, uh, choosing not to vote um, mm-hmm. and, you know, not going along with the Democratic idea of, or the voting block, when does the actual backlash come? I mean, when I hear some of this and I and I look at this brother's things, like, at some point, Jesus was like, excuse me, don't, talk, don't fucking talk to me like that. I can imagine. I'm, I'm getting mad, you know, by extension. It's like... <laughs> Don't talk to people like that. That's, that's that's so insulting. And a certain it doesn't. Don't you get that feeling? Like I, I'm going to snap over this guy. It's nuts. Well, no, what it is is we'll, it, the sentiment is we'll show him. Okay, right. We'll show him. You'll feel us when that number gets under fifty percent. <laughs> and that's the that's the whole thing. That's all the only leverage we have. Right? Is you so feel how, us. So how do you spike the ball? So when so when it works. Which I believe it will. Um, you got to have. There's got to be some plan. Like, hey, we did that. Oh no, we're gonna get blamed. Don't worry. Don't you worry. Oh, your okay. pretty little credit. Pretty will, little head. <laughs> credit. Don't credit worry. will be given. <laughs> credit will be given. Trust me. <laughs> You're Black right. men gave us another four years of Mussolini. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, so to give you an idea of the plantation mindset, this is another one on Golden Clips. And this is from the heritage of slavery. Yeah, and yeah. we're talking on Massa Speaks 3. What has tended to make you more liberal? Well, realization that the Negro is a human being like anyone else. Mr. Hasty. What did you think we were before you began to think of us as human beings? Well, in a, in a way, we thought of you almost as a very superior pet. Something, or rather someone, 
we had to take care of because we had to do so much of their thinking for them. We had to do almost everything uh, for them that, except living their own, own lives. Anything outside, we, we had to do for them. And just to put it into into context of time, this was 1968, so just around the type of the just around the uh, Civil Rights Act, and this yeah. is this is and how my, people thought. <laughs> but they still think like this when you go back to the BMEP. We have to think for them. Yeah, you're you're, you're this a very <laughs> exquisite kind of pet. My little podcast yes. pet. Oh, nice. We we, we, we we roll you out every four years, you know, yeah. like, I mean, like you do a pet, you know, yeah. walk them around the block. At a dog you know, show. You, <laughs> right. It's so insulting. Man, I just can't understand how you just don't get really, I, I get it. Yeah. You'll get your credit and be like, yeah, how you like, how you like us now. But still, it's right. And we just rubbing our hands like, "Oh yes, yeah." Wait till, wait till November <laughs> comes, <laughs> right? You, you, you're gonna feel it. You know, it's gonna you're gonna feel our you know feel our wrath. And 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 it's not only black men. A lot of ADOS feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all talk to us. Y'all treat us like pets. You you pander to us. Can't take call off. Jesus Christ. I mean, like, who is it? And that tells you it more speaks. This doesn't speak to the white. No. Democrats. No, no, no. This speaks to how out of touch the black Democrats of Black Inc. are. Mm-hmm. Who said to her, oh, yeah, oh, we need to get some Kente cloth. That's what we need to get, <laughs> I, I'm, st- I'm still baffled by that. <laughs> that There's not a single African-American, black American, ADOS American who didn't go, are you kidding me now? I mean, that goes to show you. That, that goes to deaf, show you they tone just, deaf colorblind tone you, deaf everything i will i'm gonna say this and we can get into the next clip there is gonna be a lot a lot of turnover after this election you're gonna see a whole new regime yeah i got to on the democratic side of colored people mm. because they, they're they're inadequate they they don't they don't speak the language they don't feel the vibes <laughs> and, they have, <laughs> and because they don't speak the language they're so easily duped by some guy with a hoodie that says hey let's address him as brothers okay that'll work right so i know i've been harping on the democrats here but republicans have our conservatives let's say conservatives have their hang-ups too <laughs> because at part of this show we've talked about um reparations yeah. Uh and but there's this element amongst black conservatives that are not for reparations and to go even further to say it's time for uh black people to get over slavery. Oh. If you agree with the prompt, you'll walk forward. If not, you'll stay back. People need to get over slavery. All right, so I guess I started off. I mean, <laughs> we all know that slavery was a terrible thing. Yes. It was an atrocity. Right. It was a human tragedy. But yes. we can't just be talking about slavery every day. It ended in 1865. This is 2020. Mm-hmm. We got to press forward. Our ancestors, they went through a lot. They died for us to be able to be here right now. Yes. And the best country on planet Earth. Yes. Take advantage of what we have right now, right. rather than looking in the past and saying, oh, well, what was me because of slavery? Right. You know, there have been other groups of people in slavery 
slavery, all throughout the world, they can't just stay in that state. So people, a lot of times, they stay right in that place and others are being able to pass them because mentally they've moved on while others have not. Oh, you haven't moved on. I see. I was like, so this is Anthony Bryant Logan. He's 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 an intelligent brother, um, sensible. I, 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 uh, the thing I would say about him is, and this is where it gets very dangerous. We can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. <laughs> I'm a productive black man. I've moved on, but that doesn't mean I have a legal claim to you're saying to collect what my ancestors are owed by this country. You know, I mean, it's, it's two. You, you're conflating two different things. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and it pisses people off sometimes when I say this. The narrative of slavery is just as dangerous and just as damaging as the actual act itself because that's what perpetuates the the victimization mentality. Now, I, that's why I said. Now, Anthony, he had he's sensible. I can understand where he's coming from, so I I can I disagree with him. I don't know what his stance on reparations is, but. I get what he's saying. We need to move on because some people do use that as a stumbling block or sure. a crutch sure. to say, I can't move forward in life until I'm repaired and made whole. No, you can. Tons of people do it, but that doesn't mean we need to negate um, the claim that we have, that we have a official legal claim of being repaired via reparations. Uh, but this next person, this is where keeping it conservative goes wrong. Lady Cage. They constantly use slavery to put them in a victim mentality. We can't accomplish this because you enslaved my ancestors. Slaves were taught English. Slaves were taught how to become managers and secretaries and cooks and um, chauffeurs and uh, how to build water tanks and all sorts of things. We, we're here now. What was that? That was that was mind bending. No, you gonna have to run that. My, what she says is basically, we, we, slavery was all right. We learned English and yeah, uh, skills. Uh, we, got, we gave you some managers, skills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your problem? <laughs> what? Let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Please. Slavery to put them in a victim mentality. We can't accomplish this because you enslaved my ancestors. Slaves were taught English. Slaves were taught how to become managers and secretaries and cooks (laughs) and um, chauffeurs and uh, how to build water tanks and all sorts of things. We're here now. Wow. <laughs> Who was this? Nothing fit, not, Lady Cage. Nothing fills up that razor made like slavery. That's right. I'll tell you that. That's I mean, right. Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. That, <laughs> and this is where they lose a lot of people. Because when you start talking like that, no. and I'm going to say this, these are the kind of people that they're going to have to get either on message or get, get away from. Yeah, exactly. Because they're very damaging. I'm just giving political advice to you're saying to the to the right. You can't prop up people like this because when when I heard it, no, this... I'm like, lady, are you crazy? <laughs> where where, where was the venue? Where was she speaking about this? Oh, this is Jubilee, and they and, and it's a channel on YouTube, and they bring in people from various uh, sides of an argument. Like wow. this one was uh black liberals and black conservatives and they were talking about is it time to get over slavery and they do you know um 
feminists against uh, whoever, you know, conservative women, that kind of thing, to mm-hmm. bring them in and have a discussion. Right. And this kind of woman shouldn't be given a platform. <laughs> I don't know her personally. I'm not, I mean, but on this topic, I mean, let me say this. Everybody should be able to have a platform. But on this topic, it's not, if you want to have a genuine conversation, yeah, you have to vet these kind of people because this is inflammatory. You're not going to get anywhere. I mean, what you, slavery gave us skills. Yay. <laughs> but, what? <laughs> All right. Woo. I'm moving on. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I hear you. That both parties have their problems. And and like I said, Anthony Bryant Logan, he was sensible. He laid out his argument. I get it where he's coming from, even though I don't. I think we can, like I said, walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. We can be productive, but also make the case that we need to, you know, uh, receive reparations. And really, I, I'm going to start using the term uh, on the show, uh, atonement. Atonement needs to be made. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to lay that out later on in another show, but that's really what is being said um, for both sides. Uh, going back to Trevor Noah. Oh, hold, hold on a second. Yes. Yes. yes atonement. Uh, okay. So we have three terms. We have atonement. We have reparations. We have uh, tangibles. Tangibles has, right. has been poisoned. That is now a, that is now a conspiracy theory. Russian bots. That's not real. That doesn't. People who say Slow that down, are Curry. conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I've heard all this. Um, uh, so you want to use atonement, but that doesn't. In America, we settle things pretty much one way. Money. No, atonement is... No, atonement can be... I mean, if you look at the definitions of it. Okay. And that's why I say I need, I need to lay this out, but what you grade up... You alley him, I'm open on home. All right. The same way uh, tangibles have been poisoned, reparations is a non-starter. And yeah. we always talk about these non-starters. When you hear certain words, it's been so weaponized that soon as you hear it, it's like, nope, I ain't listening. Yeah. No, and and, yeah, and, yeah. and so we need to if we mean the same thing and we can use synonyms for different words to get people get past that threshold of the the you know the gag reflex like no uh, no 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 I, they say reparations. I'm I'm closing my ears. We've talked about this before, like all lives matter. I mean it's a way to say that, but that has been so weaponized uh, and it's, it's a host of others that we talked about that are just non-starters. And I think reparations, the word, not the idea. Let me be clear, because I am pro reparations. But what we need to really do is talk about how it's positive for both sides. When you look at the word atonement, it's about how it's positive for the people that's being repaired as well as the people that's doing the repair. I'm telling so, I'm telling you this this crypto uh, the ADOS crypto coin this is this is right. the idea you give every ADOS person in America you give them uh like a million uh ADOS coins and then uh-huh. and then that can literally be funded by the government and it would be equal to a dollar it I mean it's just it's just a crazy idea but it's why not with this <laughs> by the way a tone atonement literally yes. is synonymous with reparation you're right it is, it it, is that, yeah, that, yeah that's what that's and that's that's what i'm saying we can use another and it comes off as I, i'm gonna get there we went it's with softer, this it's another it's show for softer. another it's yeah. another day and, and it doesn't 
hit the eardrum and it doesn't the same way as reparations and people just think oh because when we start first having our conversation it's like you know it was like what is reparation what does that really mean right and it's like no it's not a handout it's not no a government assistance program it's a legal claim Mm -hmm. it's the last check our ancestors didn't pick up their last check so you know we want that with interest come on that's what i I said on joe rogan like it's we need to deal with this it's let's just deal with it come on move on already and and that's what atonement is from the side of the person doing the repairing right if they're actually atoning that's mean i made you whole the person the person that needs to be repaired is made whole it's an agreement and it's a better word um well yes yes it's a better word but i can see this being poisoned and we'll have to find another of course yeah that's that's, of course i mean yeah i mean you're exactly right but let's continue with now we got to circle back around with trevor noah on um you're trying to hurt me on purpose with this guy aren't you okay what is trevor i'm sorry Okay, this is the RNC appeal to black voters, too. I mean, black women in this country vote Democrat more than anybody else. And I'll tell you now, nobody is more of a free thinker than a black woman. I dare you to try and brainwash a black woman. You'll come out of there joining her cult. I'm in the cult of I should have shut my mouth. And also, this argument is especially confusing coming from this dude. Because he's saying the Democrats are trying to enslave you. Also, I'm a lifelong Democrat. That's like every confused meme on the internet at once. Like, does that mean he's keeping his own voters on the mental plantation? I feel like I need to watch 12 Years a Mental Slave to understand what the f*** he's talking about. Why does Trevor Noah get to talk for black people in America anyway? I mean, isn't that just You tell me. Yeah. I mean, if I can't, if I'm not allowed to, he's allowed to. Let me give you an analogy. That's like Kamala Harris speaking for Native Americans. Yeah, <laughs> we're both Indians. <laughs> Te- technically, technically, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's a good one. How would that fly? You, you, how would that fly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks about it that way. It's like technically, you know, hey, we were oppressed by uh, uh what's the word they like to use? Um, uh, 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 not imperialism, but the other one, uh, colonialism. Colonialism, yeah, right. Native Americans were impacted by colonialism. Asian Indians were impacted by colonialism. She's Asian Indian. She's Indian. Two She's brown. They're brown. <laughs> Why can't she speak for Native Americans? I mean, it's the same thing. If you said that, people look at you crazy. But yeah. then, if you're brown, they're brown. You were affected by, um, I guess, slavery in South. I think it's from South Africa. You were affected by slavery in America. Two totally different things. Oppressive systems, one apartheid, one, I mean, saying a slavery, uh, uh, chattel slavery system, but they let them get away with it. We got to start calling these people out, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, why does he get to speak for us? We have to take these people down, and and it's not only him. You know, like I say, I, I'm going to throw Joy Reid back in there, oh, and not boy. only does Joy Reid speak for us, <laughs> this is another golden clip. Uh, this is the Black Bots. Um, they appear to be a, a, a human, but they don't. They have a big gap, as as Adam just said, in the times that they've tweeted, and they tweet you. Should you respond to them? 
generally, no. I mean, off the bat, you should stay back and just sort of watch their engagement, how many times they're tweeting, what they're tweeting about, and even the topics in particular. And a lot of the ones that are pretending to be black people, or black women in particular, who are focusing on black identity, have these sort of aspects in the ways that they're talking about language. If we saw the other day, there was an account that was uh, supposed to be for black supporting um, Howard Schultz. Uh, that account was eventually pulled down, but that was a, a prime example of someone trying to mimic uh, support from the black community for a particular candidate. So these kinds of things that are happening at this moment, we have to pay a little bit more close to attention to it because there is nuance, but there are also identifying factors. For example, right now from the black identity framework, there's a new sort of uh, hashtag and or uh, identity that's in their bios called ADOS or DOS, which is standing for descendants of slaves. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, this isn't this how, so we, Trevor, ca- how we kind of met with this thing? Yes. And I, I like to give people our origin story one more time because we I know we probably have a lot of new listeners from the, um, the Joe Rogan, Rogan mm-hmm, experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, what we call the, uh, uh, what we call it, Joe, Ro- John, Joe Nemo? Joe Nemo. Ro- Ro- oh, excuse me. Ronomo, Joe Nemo. It's all good. Ro- yeah. Joe Mo. Okay. So, and you correct me if I'm wrong how this went now. So, I heard Adam on No Agenda. I'm a listener. I'm asking me a producer. So I was listening, and uh, um, you used the term DOS, which I was impressed uh, because you did the homework to figure out there's a group out here saying about uh, descendants of slavery. But I think it was around the HR 40. I think that's what you were speaking yeah, about. Yeah, yes. It, it, it was the, rep- yeah. the reparations uh, study group. Right. Yeah. And I, but it's something in my soul, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm a man of faith. I believe it was God, <clears throat> and God was like, and it, it, it and it wasn't like immediately. I walked around with this thing for a day or two, and it's like you have to reach out. And I don't know Adam from a can of paint. I know him from the No Agenda show, but I'd have never had any, any interactions with him. But I'm like, I can't let this ride this DOS thing because this lends to what we're talking about now. This lets Trevor Noah and uh, Joy Reid and all the other people that are not ADOS into the conversation and start dictating how ADOS needs to handle their affairs. Yeah. So I was like, he, I got to let him know about A. He needs to add that A. That A is important. Um, and I reached out to you and, and I sent you an email explaining, you know, you're, you're on the right path, but, you know, it's, it's a little nuance to it. And you were very receptive. So much receptive that I think you were on your honeymoon yeah. and you <laughs> yes. texted me for two days. We were DMing on <laughs> Y'all let Twitter. You take over the, yeah. yeah, we were DMing right. on Twitter. Yeah, like, like and it was just like, yeah, yeah. No, it was like we had an so affair. It, That's what it was. Right, it was like back and forth, back and forth. It was like really, really, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's 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 this whole it's this whole separate thing. But I want to let people know, and I'm not, I don't. You've done the work. I don't have to validate you in any way, but I'm just saying, even before your interactions with me, you were on the path of DOS yeah. and it being a thing. Yeah. It was just that you, you honestly, ADOS was being suppressed. <laughs> well, yes, because it was, seen, they were being called bots, Russian bots. And to me, right. when, that's what I do. Whenever I look at the news or story, 
I'll see some positioning. I'm like, well, that whatever that is, that's shit. I'm like, something's got to be good about that. <laughs> so let me see what's going on. And it was that clip specifically. That's where I got the DOS from. And I, re- I was reading about it. I was like, what is this? What is going on? But anyway, yes, the origins of Mo yeah. Facts with Adam Curry. Yeah, so that's 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 how it started. And and here we are, uh, 49 episodes later, uh, pointing out more misinformation by the mainstream media. The, and, dis, and that's disinformation, what we do. specific disinformation. It's really, yeah. it's quite evil. And, and most of it's, Trevor Noah... He's not boule. He's dumb. He doesn't know. He just he's just making jokes. I don't think this guy. I I don't I don't think he's that impressive, really. No, but I mean, he has the look, the Obama look. He I mean, that, that play. Look. Trust yeah, me, he's got the look. That, yes. that plays into it. Uh, but it's funny that they don't call out people like this guy over here. The very thing that they were talking about, this astroturf kind of movement that uh, Mondale operation over here is exactly what they tried to label ADOS as and it's not that uh, but this clip is so rich I had to bring the second part into it <laughs> uh, and yeah. that's uh, clip 22 <laughs> because if we know as we've seen that the the, the ones who are the most uh, valuable to the Democratic Party is black women we have identified at least five existing campaigns that are focused on getting black people to do only one thing what, what not if- no. vote for the Democrats. And can you name one of those five campaigns? I mean, we, we put up from the report that you're saying that rep, that this there's a conversation about reparations that has to do with it. There's a criminal justice cam, uh, uh, conversation. Yes. There's so an immigration. Go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reparations, immigration, and um, and and um, sorry, reparations, immigration, and anything that has to do with the criminal justice system. So the reason that the the targeting of Kamala around being um, a cop is important is because anything that's that that hinges on criminal justice becomes a divisive issue. Very quickly, we're out of time, but how can people tell the difference between the real, genuine thing of Black Lives Matter and the ones that are just designed to make you not vote? How do you even tell? So it's, you can tell right away by the by the language that they use most of the time. But if if you see anyone who says basically tangibles or or <laughs> you, you're not getting our vote without us getting something back, mm-hmm. uh, you should start to pause and take a better look at what they're saying. Better look at those those accounts and seeing what they're saying. Yeah, that MoFax account <laughs> talking about reparations and tangibles. This has got to take there a closer look for something. Yeah, take, right? <laughs> can't have that. Wow. <laughs> that was it. That and was they the get clip. on national television and, and say this with all with no regard. And so this is where we take, you know, we, we take a you know a little go, go off in a little tangent here away from the DNC, but it, it has something to do with an RNC, but it has something to do with that. So my question was Killer Mike was put in front of every microphone when they were trying to uh drum up support for uh Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Why was he at the DNC? Why wasn't he given a stage um, to, I mean, me and him disagree on some things, but I think in, in, in all, in all honesty, I think his heart's in the right place. I think he puts up, you know, where puts his money, where his mouth is. Didn't he, um, didn't he uh, organize an ADOS something in Philadelphia or something? There was a little moment there where he was doing stuff. He, he was him and ADOS, the organization. Ah, uh, ADOS had, Inc. Uh, had, yes, they, they had some um, 
interactions. I think him and Tone did some interviews or whatever. Mm. Um, but I mean, what I'm saying is, why didn't they? I mean, you you see, you were struggling with the black male vote as a Democrat. So it's like, who who can we put on the stage? Who has credibility? All right, Killer Mike. You know, you've been a you know one of the speakers speakers for the party. Let's give you let's give you a, a, a opening on one of the nights. I mean, it ain't like I mean, who better did you have? I mean, let's just be honest. But Killer Mike is all about, you know, it appears to make change. And I want people to see this doesn't only go for um for Vernon Jones that you can be, and I'm gonna use this word lynched in the media, because that's what Trevor Noah was trying to do. Yes. Uh, put up on the sacrificial table. That's what it would happen. It was also done to Killer Mike, one of their faithfuls, when he met with Governor uh, Kemp. Trending today, Atlanta rapper and community activist Keller Mike getting some mixed reaction online after meeting with Governor Brian Kemp. Yesterday, he posted on Instagram about his meeting with the governor. He said he had a real talk with Governor Kemp about the low number of black owned businesses who are contracted by the state, free trade school for black men and boys, as opposed to building more jails and the justice system dealing with children's trauma instead of jailing them. Governor Kemp later tweeted about the meeting. He said that they talked about the pandemic's effect on businesses, the value of skilled trade workers, and the fight to end human trafficking. But today, the rapper was trending on Twitter, drawing both criticism and praise for the meeting. Some critics say this was not representative of the black community, citing the controversy around the governor's electoral victory against Stacey Abrams, while others praised him for taking positive action. Yeah, he went up against a black woman. Oops. No, but he's trying to help black women and children that are being human trafficked with Atlanta. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this one thing I, 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 we could push on. But Atlanta, we really have to look at that. All those strip clubs <laughs> have an element of human trafficking. Uh, they never have a shortage of strippers, young strippers. Yeah, we really we really have to look at this feeder system. And he went to one. That's one of the things he amongst other things, black or job for young black men and that kind of thing. But it's like, no, you didn't stand up for Stacy. Screw the kids. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Progress is progress. I mean, if it, I'll go sit down and talk with anybody. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, but this is what happens when you get out of line. <laughs> And you not a, when you're a free thinking black man, this is what happens. Pull and they back. and they all oh, you should have you should have no, it was disgusting. And that's why I made it part of this show because they drug him on the left. They drug how dare you? You know, y'all, oh, we know you were a sellout, y'all, oh, you were a coon. And it's the same thing yesterday. I saw it crop up again. White people give an allowance to call a black man out of his name. And nobody is called to the um, call to the carpet on it. The rapper has not responded to 11 Alive about the backlash, but in some tweets today, here is what he had to say to his critics. In one tweet, he said, I'm a taxpayer and own businesses in Georgia. I'm checking up on my dollars at work, and I suggest all Georgians do the same. He also said that he sought counsel from longtime community activists, leaders, and business owners before the meeting to hear their concerns. 
I've heard him say a number of times that he doesn't really care what people think. He cares about the policies that are in place to support the African-American community and the city of Atlanta, where he was born and grew up on the West Side. And and without those conversations, change can't happen. And Aisha was so interesting because the T-shirt he was wearing in that meeting with Governor Kemp said, plot, plan, organize, strategize, mobilize, I think. And that's an exact phrase that he used when he was kind of reluctantly beside Keisha Mayor, uh, uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, you know, when she asked him to come and speak to the city uh, when some of the protest turned um, into vandalism. So he he is active and says he will stay that way. Uh-huh. Uh, so we can drag you out to be a political prop yeah. for the left. But if you want to go and do the work. I mean, that's what he was doing with Kemp, sitting out, having a conversation, exactly. see what he could come Liter- up with. Literally doing the work. That's that's <laughs> the way we know it's supposed to happen. Yes, it's it's no good. It's like no, it's, that's no good. Y'all, you're you're a coon. You're a sellout. All oh, we knew, killer my All we knew, he was going to be a sellout. And these are, um, not. I mean, black people were co-signing it, and black people were saying it, but it wasn't exclusively black people. And the, and one thing that troubled me was. You had to make calls to see if it was okay for you to go talk. What? Yeah. You're a grown man. Permission. Need permission. Got to check it out. And, and this is 11 Live report. And at the same time they're reporting this, a couple of weeks prior, they're reporting about 39 children found in Operation Not Forgotten. The U.S. Marshals announced this week the recovery of 39 children in an operation that covered Macon to Atlanta. During the scene, they arrested nine people, some charged with sex trafficking. It's welcome news to a local nonprofit that helps children. 11 Alive, Chinuhar has more. It's a problem lurking in many communities across Georgia, child sex trafficking and exploitation. This week, Operation Not Forgotten helped 39 children recovering 26 and safely locating 13 more. U.S. Marshals arrested nine criminal associates. Charges ranged from sex trafficking to registered sex offender violations. The Marshals described these children as considered to be some of the most at-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area. We can say one child from a life of abuse or sex trafficking, we've done our job. And this operation did that for many, many children. Attorney General Chris Carr says oftentimes sex trafficking can be a hidden crime, one that lives in the shadows. Sarah Copen, the executive director of a local nonprofit called The Hope Box, says she's thankful for the hard work law enforcement and the state put into the operation in Macon and Atlanta. I am so proud of the state of Georgia for doing Operation Not Forgotten. Copen says child sex trafficking is still a major problem as her organization continues to help with the recovering children. I would say we have doubled, if not tripled, our efforts in rescuing children. It's interesting you put this you put this in here, and I'd heard you set it up, of course, with the strip strip uh-huh. clubs. Where are you taking me with this? I'm glad you asked that question. This is what resonates with black men. Ah. It does. Let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain. Poor Stacy. Killer Mike. Oh, how could you do that to Stacy? Bro, we're trying to save 39 children here. Mm-hmm. When you talk about defunding the police, this is going to be become rampant. These 39 children won't be saved. I mean, we have to be sensible. And this is what this is what's been lost. 
And this is what the silent majority we've said in whispers. We say it amongst ourselves. We have a real man has no tolerance for harming children at all. You can have the most hardened criminals, but at some point it's like, nah, that that's not going to fly. Go look at the YouTube videos. And so when you talk about poor Stacy, how can you do this um, to her? We're trying to save children here. Defund the police. That doesn't go well for these kids. Couple so, of, so cu- when you couple of things, couple of ahead. things. So, um, of course, I followed this story, and uh, what bothers me about it, but I like this this new context you've given to it. Um, it, it this came kind of at the just over the peak of the uh, of the meme about the kids being shipped in Wayfair containers and. Uh, and you know Instagram right, was right, going right. going nuts about or cabinets and going nuts about uh, uh, elites drinking baby blood for adrenochrome and everyone's all jacked about it and uh, and it's uh, everyone on Epstein's jet but and then all of a sudden U.S. federal marshals by the way so mm-hmm. this is already coming and I believe it's it's uh, you know these operations these are, these are set in motion by President Trump. Um, it, he's mm-hmm. he's he's the only president who's really talked about uh, human trafficking this way, specifically in our own country. Um, no one fucking says anything. Then it's like silence, crickets, and, and there's pictures. There's actual video of this taking place of these arrests and then kids who are uh, who are being and, and some young, some old who are being rescued from this horrible situation. And and it's and it's. It's. I have to say, it's probably mainly white girls who are who are only focused on all the bullshit and the celebrity aspect. But when something actual happens and there's a real mm-hmm. arrest in Europe, there was it was like three thousand. No, no one, no one tweets, no Instagram posts, no nothing. So it, it's, well, it's I'm a say little this. bigger issue, but yes, it's a, you pro- you probably can't see it. But we're going through the same thing in 2016. The spirit cooking came out about the same time. Pizza Gate uh, cropped up about the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it resonated through our community. Even though it didn't make it to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a little inside baseball. All right. My mom sent me a text. What's MK Ultra? Hmm. <laughs> and you uh this, this, you, re- you replied with uh <laughs> don't worry mom well, it'll be all right <laughs> n- no what what it, ta- it showed me two things it says one the spiritual politics is spilling over into the church i mean because my mom's all about church <laughs> uh, yeah and two my mom hasn't been listening to a thing i said for the last 10 years so, it's not so, what mothers do, Mo. It's not what moms do. I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but I'm like, what? But I, what I'm just saying is, unprompted, right? She's text me this. What, what is this MK Ultra thing? And I'm so. What I'm saying to you is, the people, the quote unquote black people, care about children. We care about, you are saying, these 39 children. We want the police to take these bad people away. And we can make the nuance between bad cops doing you know, bad things and 
actually law and order. You know, th- there's a difference, and that really the, the Democrats have demonized law and order. Can I make an analogy? Uh, can I make an analogy just to see if I can feel this the way you feel it? Right. The, the, what I'm, you know, it's kind of the same way with the lockdowns and COVID nineteen and the whole Rona situation, where we have a lot of people who know what's really going on, medical professionals, but also people inside the political process. They really know what's happening. They, Mm-hmm. They know that there's a lot of other things than a virus going on and it's being, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. But they don't, they're afraid. They're afraid to really speak up and speak out and say something about it for fear of retribution, um, well, for all the all the reasons. Is, is that a little bit similar? Yeah, for fear of being called crazy. Yeah, let's, okay. just, let's just be honest. Yeah. Or for fear of, y'all, you're going to make the Democrats lose. Are you going? You're going to be the reason Trump gets reelected. Uh, but the hypocrisy is so thick. Now, Killer Mike goes meets with Governor Kemp to try to save kids and get black men jobs, and you know, uh, address the criminal, you know, the uh, mass incarceration. But Michelle Obama can be all hugged up with George W. Bush getting her little candies, and nobody says nothing. I tell you again, we are the sacrifice. We talked about on the last show, and 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 I don't say and like I said, this is not a death sentence. This is just it is what it is. Not how do we get back from here? How do we, you know? How do we stop being that? But you see, Killer Mike, he he did what? He did the two, the 2016 election. He was with Bernie. You were saying the last eight what? Last eight years he's dead. You know what? Six five six years he's dedicated to politics, Democratic politics. Yeah. And he goes, has one meeting, and you just throw him, you sacrifice him. Let's just use the word, I'm saying, um, uh, the other guy, I keep um, forgetting his name, uh, the 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 Congress, state congressman for uh, Georgia. He's been a lifelong Democrat, but then he speaks up about just common sense things. You sacrifice him. These 39 children, oh, oh, Stacey comes before these 39 children. And when I say sacrifice, I don't mean it literally just yet. <laughs> just yet. Just yet. Not the actual sacrifice. No. <laughs> just yet. But uh, but this problem of of children being harmed, especially in our community, we addressed this on show eight with uh, the homelessness and survival sex. Survival sex is an enormous issue, too. LGBTQ youths between the ages of 10 and 25 are 70% more likely to engage in survival sex, while 80% of homeless transgender youths are more likely to have engaged in survival sex than homeless cisgender youths. Now, what do we mean by survival sex? In principle, survival sex is part of the wider commercial sex trade. People who engage in survival sex do so because they literally have no other way to survive. So they exchange sex for money, they exchange sex for shelter, they exchange it for food, clothing, or any other good, which is a necessity of life. Yeah, I remember this one. So these are the kind of children you want to neglect to save Stacey Abrams' feelings? (laughs) And that's why... uh, Angela Stanton King is becoming a rock star. Let me say this. 
a lot of black people don't care what you do. I mean, we and that's the one of the biggest thing. Oh, we're homophobic. Homophobic. No, we don't really care. But we should have a be able allowed to have an opinion. But I mean, you do you, whatever you're into. But it's the children, and that's what she's harping on. It's the children, yeah, that we can't that we have to protect. And we're seeing now um, that that's not the case. The children not being protected. And I think the Democrats are playing a losing uh, uh, style of politics. And I'll explain that more. But first, we got to thank some people. Yes. And to do that, we always want to be reminded in the uh, of the legendary words of Malcolm X. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. And I got to say, we had a lot of that today. I always love talking with you, Mo. Just just asking questions <laughs> like do like brothers, like brothers can do. Doing the work. <laughs> doing the work. Doing the work. We are really doing the work. <laughs> hey, we're going to thank our producers for episode 49 of Mo Facts with Adam Curry. And this is a value for value production, which means no commercials, no corporate interest. This wouldn't be on the air anywhere. We wouldn't be able to get any advertising because of the controversial nature because, oh, heaven forbid, these conversations are had, especially between a white man and a black man. It's crazy. So we rely on your time, talent, and treasure. It's the three T's. Um, Lots of people do things for us when it comes to sound effects, jingles, clips, experiences. Your own talents are highly appreciated. Your time telling people, and of course, for those of you who can, your treasure as you support the show and support the work that we've been doing. It is uh, really appreciated when you see not just the the people supporting us financially, but also the notes, and we like to read them here in our uh, donation segment. We start off with our executive and associate executive producers. Top of the list, uh, we have James, who says he doesn't need an on-air mention, so I'll leave his last name off just in case. Uh, He sent us $200. He says, thank you for the work uh, you and Adam do. May the Lord bless you both and your families, too. Thank you, James. Jackie Green, $150, says, always a great podcast. Thanks for the excellent value, fellas. Really enjoy all the clips. I think I'm the same age as Mo, so all the references are right up my alley which makes Adam feel kind of old now for a moment. Uh, My wife and I just had a new baby boy, so we're doing some catch-up on both No Agenda and MoFax. Thanks for delivering a quality product. Lots of people dig it. Can we trouble you for some Mo Karma for our new baby boy, Ozzy? Well, of course you can. (laughs) You've got Mo Karma. Cole Calistra, 133.33, a bunch of magic numbers in there. Mo and Adam, thanks so much for enlightening and entertaining me. When I heard you play a clip from people like us, I knew it was time to donate. Please, D-deadbeat me. Okay, we will D-deadbeat you. Congratulations. And send me a Mo. You're no longer a deadbeat. And send me a Mo Karma and a Woosa, of course, Sir Calistra. You've got... Second Woosa for the show. Natasha Finley, $100, also an executive producer of episode number 49. Hey, Mo and Adam, she writes, 
I found out about this podcast after Adam appeared on the JRE show. There's a Jomo. I'm from the United Kingdom and have been on a journey since late 2016 questioning if the narratives circulated have as much merit as are posited. Uh, Among other things, when Trump won the election, it was confirmed in the UK half an hour before the US. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that happened. No, I I didn't. No. ITV announced it before Fox. While this podcast may not have all the answers, you both have sincerely explored if there may be more to the story, which is, of course, in such an incredible format. The new questions to the show has brought to mind that uh, that brought to my mind have often been difficult to settle, especially given the current situation. However, I am so thankful for the show. ADOS is a great label. Podcasts are the best. No one knows everything. Let's all buckle up. Hope for the best, but expect the worst. P.S. Any advice for a 25-year-old mixed-race gal from London? Big love, Natasia. Natasia. What kind of advice do you think she's looking for? I would just say do the work and keep swimming. (laughs) Keep swimming. Like the fish. Be, Be in our school. Exactly. Thank you very much, Natasia. Uh, Brandon Colmar, uh, first associate executive producer. No note, but $76. We appreciate that. Frankie G, 75. Big fan of the podcast. Enjoy all the great stuff you and Adam discuss. Um, Anonymous. Actually, Anonymous, please. $75 as well. Thank you. Keep doing the work. 5510, double nickels and a dime from Daniel Hutner. Uh, No note, but can I get a biscuit for all the birthdays out there? They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. There you go. You got yourself a biscuit. Happy birthday, Daniel. Brian Rogers, $55. Hey, Mo, thanks for staying prolific with the undeniable content. Here's a double nickel reparation. (laughs) Adam, your latest appearance on JRE was terrific, by the way, I must say. I think you need to tell Rogan to go easy on the white boy weed. He made the episode a bit... The warning was there, Mo. You did warn. He made the episode a bit difficult to listen to. No jingles or karma for me, but I'd love to see the show adopt a Kanye jingle. Perhaps a little, you ain't got the answer sway. Well, someone will have to make that. Someone with some time and talent on their hands. And um, I did mention this on No Agenda, but Joe and I spoke. Um, We both were a little out of sync for the first 45 minutes, no headphones. It was all kinds of stuff. We'd been waiting for two and a half hours, and uh, he graciously invited me for a, a do-over. So uh, we'll, I think we'll wait a little bit, but uh, I'll, get to, I'll get to go back and maybe dive a little deeper into some of the topics. And who knows what will be topical then. The country may be on fire. Uh, thank you, Brian. Steve Allen, $50, no note, but we highly appreciate it. Actually, Steve comes in twice so oh he says oh this is interesting so we'll actually be uh an executive producer let me just mark this up here so he sent fifty dollars and then sent another fifty dollars said forgot to add a note i love you guys look forward to plundering your archives for more brain expanding goodness i discovered you through adam's last joe rogan appearance you are a very patient man adam curry Oh, referring to Joe, not to you, Mo. Don't worry. Uh, The best thing about the podcast was your shout out to Mo Fax. As a mixed race ADOS man, I feel like I had a form of this podcast running in my head for 40 years. And you guys really make my brain tingle. Can I get a woosah? Of course you can, Steve. Big ass woosah. I really, I'm so happy that uh, that people caught that. I'm I'm happy that this... uh, if there wasn't a different thing every single 14 hours, 
you know, these things would stick <laughs> around a little bit. I mean, even even Joe, man, he had some he had to apologize for something, and he must be you know counting his lucky stars that uh, that RBG went down because that story's gone. You know, it's just like this. Even listening to you talk about the the DNC and the RNC conventions, it seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? And but that's what that's the beauty of our show. We take our time, we let things breathe, yeah, develop, and then we come back around and talk about it once we have the full picture. We're just not reactionary and just jump on, uh, latch on the thing. No, no, no. We're not podcasters. We're professionals. Uh, Theodora Dorinda Ognena, fifty dollars from uh, Theodora. Thank you, Gunter Weber, MoFax Podcast. Fifty bucks for you. Thank you, Chef Elvis. Elvis Rosenberg, fifty dollars. Up next or after or next after last? I'm not quite sure. Did I did I miss something of his note here? What happened? No, that's it. I, that's weird. I don't. I I think I understand what he's saying, but I don't know. Well, the, the chef is a regular. He's a regular at our I establishment. Think he's saying, I'm, I think he's saying we're up next or at least next after the last person. Okay. Ah, oh. okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so those are our uh, associate executive producers. We did the executive producers. And uh, now we go to uh, the rest of our uh, supporters. Occult fan, 4949 in the morning. Mo, Sir Nathan Lee Miller, Foster Chaotic Good Knight of the White Lodge, Blue Orchid of the Gold Heart Mountaintop, Queen Directory, Elfstone Bear of the Sword Reforged. <laughs> my first name is Nathan Lee. My last name, Miller Foster. Four names besides my no agenda title. Nate is four letters. Mo, feel free to call me Nate if we're talking, if you're crediting me for a show with Sir Nathan Lee. Okay, we'll do that. So here's his note. Would you put me on the birthday list for September 22nd? Wow. Well, okay. We'll do, <laughs> you're on it right now. You're good to go. We'll give you a little butter biscuit. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. <laughs> this uh, year, it's the equinox again. Not always on this day. It was when I was born in 1984. He turns 36 this year. Mo, I'm sending you a, a Ras Ben video on the art and architecture in Philly. Did you receive? Uh, yes, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. All right. It's a rabbit hole worth going to. Okay. Hey, easy does it with Mo. You guys keep finding these rabbit holes, sending them down. <laughs> I'm I'm the worst offender. Aside from that, definitely look into Fear Inoculum by Tool, which came out six months before the Rona, how it both predicts and provides a way out. Final point, watch the film Nate and Hayes. Wait for the moment where they randomly break the fourth wall while merrily abandoning ship. I'll let you watch on Amazon to see what they say. You will plots, oi. Thanks for the food for thought. Mo Karma for my own show, Six of Swords, please. You got it. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. And at 49, Mo and Adam says Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City, and Dame DeLorean. We've been enjoying the episodes immensely since the show came across our radar right around Nocebo. Oh, yes. After hearing episode 48, we could no longer be deadbeats. Hearing Mo talk so candidly and honestly about the reality of the criminal underbelly of society, about being one wrong search away from a different outcome. Yeah, that that hit a lot of people, actually, Mo. Uh, Hit me as something too relatable. We have lost friends due to the war on drugs, some locked up, others laid to rest. The way to survive is part luck, part paying attention, and waiting for the truth to reveal itself. That's why we want to thank you and join the show club for episode 49. Yes, these are all episode uh, uh, club members. Please send some of that sweet Mo Karma to us here in the urban inner city of Kansas City. 
And that is from Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City and Dame DeLorean. Thank you both so much. Here comes your sweet, sweet Mo Karma. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. And we move on to the anonymously wordy Welshman, $47.47. As the anonymously wordy Welshman, I wanted to thank Mr. Curry for his excellent read-through and apologize for causing any awkwardness in editing. (laughs) It was a pleasure to hear my ramblings read with such skill, so thank you. Also, I did not realize how long my note was, and I felt I extracted more value than reasonable. Please consider this an attempt to balance that scale. Ah! It's reparations. We appreciate it. Thank you. Ulo Malmi, $45.88, no note. I wonder where Umi is from, Uho is from. John Taylor, uh, buy, black, buy, buy Black's Guns, BBG hashtag there, $35.79. Daniel Fletcher, $35, thank you for this product. It's crazy good, karma please. <laughs> You've got... Mo Karma. More $35 from him being a cool ass dude. Here's an eighth. Uh, Kurt Collins, peace and love from Kurt and Jen, rounding off our last donation, which was 6660. We've been passing the blunt, which is hitting people in the mouth wherever possible. Oh, okay. This is how we propagate the show. Pass the blunt. Uh, <laughs> sure. Can we please get an amazing and thanks, Obama? Oh, I hadn't even I hadn't even waited for that. Okay. I think I have uh, amazing for you. Uh, let me see. Yes. And thanks, Obama. Don't we have him? Yeah, we got him. Good to go. Yeah. All right. I didn't even see those were in there. Uh, P.S. We just saw our first Angela King billboard in Atlanta. She's doing the work. Thanks, guys. And keep it up. Yes. As we said. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Dakota Walker, 3333 Magic Numbers Across the Board. Thank you for all you do on this podcast. It's truly some of the most thought out and entertaining content covering current events available these days. Yes, and still also good as evergreens, which I like a lot. You can bind it up in a handsome leatherette uh, folder and uh, give it as a Christmas present. James Hawley, 3333. Thank you for the work. Mo and AC, Mo Karma, please. (laughs) You've got... Mo Torben Peterson, also 3333, no note. And Joel from Pittsburgh uh, sent us $33. Hi, Mo and Adam. I'm a 42-year-old black man who grew up in white suburbia. There were eight black children in my school. I grew up to be a dude named Ben. For those of you new to that term, that means a system administrator or one of the guys who works in IT and makes everything work that you don't appreciate and never talk to. My father would always preach to me how we were the only black people in our area for miles back then. I had the talk around five, and my parents made me watch Roots. Oh, boy. You got terrorized early on. I know know that because of how I grew up and where I'm considered one of those blacks that wouldn't be accepted by other blacks because I was too, quote, white. Wow. (laughs) Listening to your podcast has taught me a lot about things I never thought about or knew about. My mom was a social worker and now a retired school nurse. I asked her about some things you and Mo talk about, and she can recall some of the things you guys talk about. I also remember my dad telling me that affirmative action actually cost him work instead of getting him more. Yes, as discussed many times in the earlier episodes. I'm an avid No Agenda listener and glad that people like you and Adam and even John are doing the work and teaching me so much about how the world actually works. Makes me feel saner 
and that I'm not a crackpot for thinking something is up with the world. I'm not even finished with episode 48 yet, but I felt I needed to donate, and I donate again. Thank you for all you do, Joel from Pittsburgh. Thank you, Joel. Nice note. I'm going to give you a Mo Karma for that note, man. Thank you. I like that. You've got Mo Karma. $30 from Sherry Laurie doing the work. She says, thanks for giving me a new way to look at the Australian race situation. Baroness, love and light. That's a good point. It carries over, man. It carries over. Raphael Negron, uh, $25. Adrian Magnuson White, $25. Thank you, Mo and Adam. As always, a fascinating lesson in the real work to be done. Best wishes from Adrian and Sarah Magnuson White. P.S. At what level of producership can we become honorary members of the Mo Fax and Adam Curry Boulay? We have aspirations of one day becoming Al Sharpton's for the cause. <laughs> ah. Stay tuned. We're working on it. Stay tuned. We got some cool ideas. We really do. No aspirations which should end as being Al Sharpton. I just, <laughs> well, just say that. Yeah, tongue in cheek for sure. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah Glenn Simulinas, 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 $25. Thank you, Glenn. Carlos Hatix, great research and education and some personal experience. Uh, Hunter Jennings, this donation says Hunter is for my stunningly beautiful girlfriend, Sarah, who needs a D dead beating. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Sarah says, Hunter, I really do love you and look forward to figuring out the rest of our 20s together. 23 for her 23rd birthday, which is coming up on the 21st of September. And 56 cents as a side shout out to Adam for his birthday. Yes, I turned 56. Thank you. Continue to do the work, gentlemen, and can get a woosa and a mo jobs karma. I'm sure we can do that. Woosa. We don't actually, we don't actually have a, a jobs karma, do we? We don't have. I have jobs karma, but I don't have it for. Um, I'm gonna have a mo. Um, no, a, we need. A, we kind of need a mo facts. We, we, we'll work on that. that. We'll yeah. work on that. And and I do say this: everybody, get prepared to call out dead beats because I have a dead beat clip uh, <laughs> jingle coming. All right, so let me do the uh, karma. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got Mo Karma. <laughs> uh, West Coast Distributors 2222. Rona Mo listener here. Rogan, no agenda. Mo Facts. Thank you for all of your hard work every week. You've helped those of us in Seattle area be well prepared for conversations with people up here who are under informed and easily triggered. Yes, we believe that comes from being over socialized. Keep up the great work. Literally, a dude named Ben in Newcastle, West Virginia. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, John Cornforth, 2020. Thank you for making me reconsider everything I thought I knew. Hey, I like hearing that, John. Thank you. Cody Gray, $20. Ronald Jefferson says, $20 for the classes you've given me. I feels like we're taking them to school. Lewis Bragg, $20. Eric Hoff, $15. Thank you, Eric. William Stubbs, keep fighting the good fight with $10 donation. Thank you. Aram Verstegen. Uh, thank you for helping me do the work. Your ally, Aram. Thank you, Ari. Raham Trujillo. I'm a recent JRE convert. Love the content and the context. Welcome to you and all the JRE converts. The Window Washer, 919. Keep it going, bosses. We will. Stephen Polamain. I uh, love what you and Adam are doing. If I may make a recommendation for a clip, check out the bridge of uh, if you say, if what you say is true, a Wu-Tang Clan, Tang Clan for some extremely prophetic words from the late great ODB. Oh, we shall do that. Uh, Robert, Ooh. 
Robert O'Donnell, five dollars. <laughs> good guys, uh, good guys. Good job learning so much. I wish my sister and future brother-in-law would give you a listen. Oh, you need to pass the blunt. Uh, Mo, please reach out to me so I can see if we can get them on board. I think they would both benefit tremendously from this show. Now, something about that. You can't start force with, it. Go ahead. Start with the clips. That's why yes, we yes. put the clips separately. Exactly. Start with the clips and questions. That's the best thing. Like, what do you think about this? Or did you see this? That kind of thing. And then just ease them, ease them in. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. Don't try too hard. Don't try. Hey, you got to listen to this right now. It never works. It never works. But just a couple of the clips, and then every single show notes. Uh, you can go to archive.mofax.com. Uh, every uh, single show notes you'll uh, you'll be able to find uh, the clips that we played, which really come in handy. Uh, then we have uh, Robert. No, we did Robert O'Donnell. No, Robert O'Donnell. No, that's what we just did. Byron Mars at 455. Don't know how to set up monthly payments. Yes, I know. We're going to get there. Terry Keller, 411. Uh, and Maui Goods, thank you for your dollar donation. We appreciate all of this. Doesn't matter how much it, or how little it is. It's what the value is to you. And so you have to feel that you're giving the value. And that's how you translate it into any type of, uh, uh, of numeration. And we'll do this every single week. We'll thank people for it, and we'll continue to solicit your time, your talent, your treasure. If you'd like to support the show for episode 50, which is coming up, this will be a big one, uh, please go to mofax.com or directly to the donation page, uh, which is mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com, mofundme.com. And uh, in advance, I'd like to thank you all very much for supporting no, uh, MoFax with Adam Curry. And can we remind everybody to do the work one time? Yeah, we can. Uh, hey, everybody, make sure you do the work. We've got to do the work. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. <laughs> Thanks, Cammy. Love it. Yeah, I'm doing the work. Yeah. All right. So I mentioned previously that the Democrats are running a losing brand of politics, especially with the so-called, quote-unquote, black people. And a case of that is removing God from the Pledge of Allegiance. There's a story that's breaking, actually, that you broke on specific Democratic caucuses reciting the Pledge of Allegiance at the virtual convention, leaving out the words under God. Uh, Let's take a listen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. David, this seems to be a pattern. You broke another story on a related topic back in 2012. What's going on here? Well, right. Back in 2012, uh, we broke the story about those words under God being left or uh, the word God being left out of the Democratic uh, Party platform. Here, what you just saw there was the Democratic National Committee caucus. It was a Muslim uh, affairs caucus, a meeting that the DNC was holding this week. Uh, They left the words under God out, as you just heard. Also, the LGBTQ or excuse me, LGBT caucus. That's what they call themselves at the DNC also left the words under God. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So, so what's the point of putting that up? Well, a couple of things. First of all, let's put this all in context and be clear. The, the DNC on day one did 
go ahead and say the words under God in their pledge. That was on day one. They also said on day two in the general session. But in these smaller caucuses, they're not saying it, at least in these two instances. The point is that there is an underbelly of a progressive far left that the Democrats are going to have to deal with. And that's what's kind of driving the ship. Wow. I'm I'm glad you got that clip because I didn't know uh, the LGBTQ caucus. I knew. I didn't realize it was the Muslim Uh group. Uh, who who omitted the word how, how God the work? first time? Yeah, that was that's kind of like you know what? <laughs> the, when we this whole show has just proven to me the Democratic Party has been dead for at least four years, maybe longer. It's been hijacked by numb nuts and idiots and really truly bigoted racist people who are just so out of control, have no idea what they're doing. They're just using levers. They're pulling levers that jack with people's stuff all the time and it's going to end i think after this election everybody will be it will have to maybe a whole different party but none of these people can return none of them make sense anymore and i don't understand how a muslim caucus can leave out god when your caucus is created around your faith in god I, I don't understand unless they had a uh, no, bigoted, bigoted, I mean, wrong God. Allah. Yeah. I mean, they could have said yeah. Allah. I yeah, mean, exactly. that would no, have been fine. No, it's a bunch of bigoted douchebags. Seriously. And then the LGBTQ. I know a lot of gay men who are, who are Catholic, who are very Christian, who go to church, have found have found a church that uh, is accepting of them. A lot. You'd be surprised. It's it's right. I mean, it's I quite a big number. All time to have the the flag. I mean the um the uh, LGBT flag on their, you know, on their church. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't understand what, but I'm saying they're, when this makes it out, specifically, I'm speak, specifically talking to the uh, quote-unquote black, mm. uh, especially the ADOS. Right. A lot of our underpinnings is, you know, in the church or in faith. I'm going to say church. Let me correct that. Because I think the church is dying along with the structure, yeah. uh, with with the Democratic Party, and people are becoming more like their relationship and that, that kind of thing. But when you start these stories start to leak out with um, you're taking God out, and then when you look back to 2012 and the whole party took God out of the platform, yeah, they, it's but, no good. But they put it, but <laughs> didn't they put it back in? Didn't they? The, like a whole issue, and then they slipped it back in because they, the backlash was there. I think something like that. Let's happened. listen to the clip, and oh. I'll explain to you how that whole thing <laughs> ah, went. <laughs> thank you. Ah, another alley oop. Some weird omissions from the uh, Democratic platform, which no one can quite understand how or why this happened or what the intention was, because all they seem to have done is rattled cages, which didn't need to be rattled. No mention of the word God, even though there was last time, and there is about ten times in the Republican platform. Why is that? Well, we we have a commitment through all faith traditions that our values are reflected in our policy. And that means that we should look out for the least of these, that we should fight for the middle class, that we should help everyone in America have an opportunity to be successful. Right, but, what, but was the we, word God deliberately taken out, or was it a mistake? Oh, of course not. Of course not. We, we, we have a platform that actually reflects the values of many faith traditions, and right, it's the policy. The thing is, somebody has deliberately taken out the word God, because it was in the last one. I can assure you that no one has deliberately taken God out of our platform. So it was an accident. 
What I can tell you is that our policies and our values are reflected in many faith traditions, and that's what our platform is all about. That's Pierce Morgan. That's hilarious with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hilarious. Which is her identity is a large, I mean, her faith is a large part of her identity. Um, but now you asked me a question. Did they take, you know, did how that went? They snuck it out and then they had a vote, which I had the clip, but it was not, the audio was poor Mm -hmm. and this is how it went down. They said, you know, they do the I and the nays, you know what I'm saying? The vote and it has to be two thirds majority to, to, you know, to accept it. And the nays. I had it. The nays had, I remember this. It was like, it, by far and they went it, and it's passed the, <laughs> yeah and the guy well they the, the first I man he had to do it three times because he looked over and he was like they don't want to put god back in and he was like uh and then he asked again and then he asked for a third time and then he was like finally yeah the odds have it god goes back in <laughs> i remember that oh man there's so much shit that goes down that we forget it's so easy i'm like joe biden with this huh? right but the thing is when you start talking about Pizzagate, when you start talking about these kids being harassed, and a, a lot of, you know, a, a good portion of, the, of our community are truthers, are conspiracy, uh, subscribe to conspiracy theories. That's historical. Uh, that there's a bigger plot. Culturally historical, this conspiracy theory thinking. Well, I mean, we're conspirat- I mean, conspiratorial because I mean, just, a lot of things that we call you've conspiracies. Had some, you've are. had some conspiracies against <laughs> right, you, yeah. Right. Mm, okay. Like, oh yeah, like they've been giving us bad medicine down in Tuskegee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was a conspiracy until it came out. I yeah. mean, so yeah. I, I, I would say um, uh, truth seekers is is more appropriate than conspiracy, right? Right. So yeah, I, you're, you're correct. So when we see these things crop up, you're taking God out, and then it comes crops back up again. You're taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. That was and hilarious. I want to give one, and that was the 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 one from this year is from the CBN, which uh, they have a good you know uh, ADOS following on uh, the Christian Broadcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this thing start to get legs, right? So it's I think the Democrats got wind of this. And they tried to bring some preachers in oh, to pray. Brother. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so the first one is Mark Moore Jr. And he pray, he cl- does the closing prayer for the DNC of the Black Caucus. Eternal God, father of Abraham, Isaac, and Brianna Taylor. <laughs> Before we ask you for anything, <laughs> we want to thank you. For- <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> And why only Brianna? Why only her? Oh, my goodness. Let's do that. that. Wow. Eternal God, father of Abraham, Isaac, and Brianna Taylor. Before we ask you for anything, we want to thank you for everything. Thank you for the incredible men and women that have spoken truth to power over the course of this week. Thank you for giving an entire generation and people a heart and a vision to mobilize and take back what's ours this fall. Thank you that you're allowing those that have opposed justice and truth and righteousness to realize that their time has come to an end. 
And God, as we look now to move forward from the incredible speeches and the incredible motivational charges that we've received over the last few days, God, we're asking that you will anoint us anew, anoint us afresh, give us a heart and a desire to see change take place. Lord, we're thanking you and asking you now that you will not allow us to be comfortable simply tweeting about it. We're asking that you will no longer allow us to be comfortable simply posting Instagram posts and (laughs) Facebook statuses about change, but help us to become the change that we want to see. God, anoint our hands so that they can do the work that will bring about (laughs) real transformation this fall. Anoint our heads so that we can think of strategies and mobilize in order to do what needs to be done. Anoint our feet with strength and renewed energy to put the work in as we go about securing a better future for our families, our communities, and our people. Oh, my goodness. Let let, let me point out a couple of things before I I, I make my comments. One, I'm aware, touch not my, my, my anointed, I get that. But when you start politicizing the church, and I'm going to say this, this goes for both sides. Uh, when Trump went up to the church in D.C. and they put the shawl on him and, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's this disgusting thing they do. Where they all lay hands on him. We saw Obama do it, you know, and then we saw Donald Trump. While the preachers get around, they lay their hands on the preacher. Mm. I don't like that. I don't. I don't think there's a reason that church and state is separated. Well, and but <laughs> that's, don't, but that's I, also the family. You know, that's uh, the the that group that we we talked about the family, right? In right, DC. right, right, yeah. right. So that's a whole. That's a whole nother. That go go listen to that. What episode was that, Mo? We talked about them. I don't remember. Sorry about that. <laughs> the, the getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is, and then you. God of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Brianna Taylor. It's like what? Like don't don't do that. So now, so now I'm going to say this. Then you throw in doing the work and go. Oh, don't just post on Instagram. I don't like this. No, and it smacks of being disingenuous. And my people are not dumb. We we see what's happening here. And the the Democratic Party, know, hey, we got this. We got to get off and under this taking God out the platform and taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. So we got to understand we got it. And and we know the relationship with the black pastor. And movements. We know this. Mm -hmm. Going back to Margaret Sanger. If you want to if you want to get the blacks to do something, preachers. Get the preachers. And it's like no other time with the Democrats any. I will give I will say this. The Republicans at least make the evangelicals part of their platform and their whole structure of their party. I still don't like it. I mean, like I can say I'm I'm a separation of church and state kind of person. Um but it you only bringing these people in is like uh you know we need we need a preacher. Go get a preacher. You know, we <laughs> uh, Yeah, we got a message. Uh, and then say. they Right. And that, and like I said, he's doing it at the the Black Caucus. Uh, another preacher, and I'm, I'm sure you heard this one. And this is a long clip. You can stop it when you want to. It's two minutes, but I just want you to listen to the cadence and just play the clip. 
This is the age of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor in their name. We need bold policies that will transform our policing system so that we reimagine public safety. We have to have bold policies that insist that health care is not just a privilege for the few at the top, but it is a right for all of God's children. We need to have bold policies, bold policies that determine that we are going to put an end to environmental racism is which is right there on the front lines of climate change which has our planet in I see you we need some Democrats with a backbone who will have the courage and the compassion to recognize the wisdom of Jesus because Jesus said a nation will be judged by how it treats the least of these and right now I remix Jesus because Jesus would look at this country and Jesus would say, I was hungry and you cut aid to dependent children. Did a lightning bolt come down and strike him when this, when he was doing this? Just like Not, zapped no. him right on the head. I mean, this, is, this is all political. This is all political. What, um, is there a test to be a preacher? What? Is it to become a preacher? Is there a test? Is it, can well, anyone? You have, you have or you have ordained ministers. Well, that's minister, but go but, to uh, yeah, seminary, and you know, what I mean, there's levels to it, and then you have these. These guys are trained. Oh these, yeah, these they actually go to seminary and yeah, you know, get on seminary that. But school. I'm, yeah. I'll say this: it's the ones that actually some of the realest ones are the ones that come up just naturally. I mean, just gravitate towards the faith because they didn't get indoctrinated at these universities yeah. with these uh, political leanings. And who was this? Who was this speaking? This is uh, Dr. Frederick D. Haynes. Well, let's listen. It's only 50 more seconds. Let's listen a little to the okay. rest of it. Might as well. You would not give me a living wage. I was thirsty and you contaminated water in Flint, Michigan and other impoverished communities around this nation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is he talking to God or is he talking to the Republicans now? What is he doing? Let me just go I back. don't know. I, I, he I, did this for eight I minutes hear, straight with his cadence. <laughs> I want to hear the transition. Hold on. No, excuse me. 14, he, four, he did it for 14 minutes and 21 seconds straight. But say I was hungry and you cut aid to dependent children and you would not give me a living wage. I was thirsty and you contaminated water in Flint, Michigan and other impoverished communities around this nation. I was sick, but I did not have access to affordable health care and COVID-19 took me out. I was in prison because of mass incarceration and a criminal justice system that was criminal and downright unjust i was a stranger and you had the nerve to build a wall while at the same oh, time you have in oh, the oh, harbor oh. there in new york a statue of liberty saying give me your tired your huddled masses yearning to breathe now it would be you know what this is what <laughs> joe biden should talk like this or kamala you know because it's the same words are saying the same thing it's just in a different it's in a cadence uh, that makes you feel uh, like it's all important uh. and that's and that's why they're uh tear under hillary because at least she's eyes no way <laughs> <laughs> oh man 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 you'll never hear trump do that no. He just goes, well, what he just says, where's, where's my African-American? There he is. 
<laughs> or, or, or he sounds like The Rock or, 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 yeah, or exactly. Stone Cold. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I, just, I just love it when he says, where's my African-American? There he is. <laughs> oh, God. But as, as he's doing this, I can't take any more of that. But as he's doing this, they flash across the screen to donate text push to 41444 no. on some straight up TBN style. You know, I mean, like, what what is going oh, on here? Gosh. But like I said, this is another example of the Democratic Party being out of touch not, they don't understand yeah. it's not right even, now, it's not even out of touch mo they they have this magical they, i think the people who are running this who say okay let's put this together i don't think this is like a black caucus no this is this is the the nancy pelosi and she thinks this is how it's supposed to be because i've seen it that's what that's what a black church is like right like i said it is sick i i don't know but but can you play like the last maybe what we at well i think we got or did you did you clear the clip already no, I come on. hey man who are you talking to here yeah just just run the last because i want to make a point on this next clip okay um, yeah I'll, I'll just give you the last time right. old mass is yearning to breathe free jesus will say america if you don't get your act together you can you may well go to hell oh thank you i know that line uh-huh i know so that I, line it was somebody that was condemned for using the same kind of rhetoric in mm-hmm. 08 what was his name again i think it was the reverend jeremiah Wright. it's right so who did that and the united states of america government when it came holy crap it's the same guy mo hold on i, I gotta right pl- i gotta play i gotta play I, oh that's good you dirty rat bastard you knew that didn't you you knew it you yep. knew it you knew it all right hold on i'm gonna play him back to back all right dj in the mix to breathe free jesus will say america if you don't get your act together you can you may well go to hell and the united states of america government when it came to treating her citizens of indian descent fairly she failed she put them on reservations when it came to treating her citizens of japanese descent fairly she failed she put them in internment prison camps when it came to treating the citizens of african descent fairly america failed she put them in chains the government put them on slave quarters put them on action auction blocks put them in cotton fields put them in inferior schools put them in substandard housing put them in scientific experience experiments put them in the lowest paying jobs put them outside the equal protection of the law kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness the government gives them the drugs builds bigger prisons passes a three-strike law and then wants us to sing god bless america no 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 not god bless america god damn america that's in the bible for killing innocent people god damn america for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America, as long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. Oh, so first of all, to respond to this, because <laughs> you have played this clip in this context for me before, and when I heard the whole right. clip in context, that was episode uh, 44. When I heard the yes. whole clip in context, I was like, 
Now, the guy's not really an asshole. What he's saying is completely true, and if you hear it all in context, but it was clipped, and it was interesting because there was outrage, of course, from the Republicans, outrage, of course, from uh, select evangelicals based upon, Mm -hmm. I think, just the clip, but the Democrats cowered up like a little shriveled snake, too. They went, oh, yeah, shh, we got it, and Obama hit it. He's like, I don't want to know about it. Another black man sacrificed. And now, and now it's, do you think that, the, that they didn't know or this guy slipped in? I mean, he's, he's using the same no. words. No. <sighs> what I'm saying is if you're doing it for our benefit, cool. But if you can cost us something, we got to sacrifice you. Yep. The same thing they did with Killer Mike. Yep, 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 yep. Wow. That's a good one. I, Thanks, I, Mo. That was funny. That was really cool. I, <laughs> I got to mix it up. That was nice. And to speak on this sacrifice, and I'm speaking on just for people like, what is Mo talking about sacrifice? Let's go back and listen to Reverend Ian Whitemar from last show, uh, throwback clip from 48, talking about the ritual sacrifice. So this lecture focuses on the ritual sacrifice of black men in particular as an instrument for creating a cohesive and unified body of people called white. So in this development of the screen of racial contempt uh, that I'm calling the first stage of sacrifice, while it certainly includes the murder of African Americans, it was, it was the murder of their humanity in the eyes of European Americans that was sacrificed in the development of white identity. More than just debasement, it was the symbolic murder of their identities offered up in order to engender another identity. So Rene Girard uh, writes, the purpose of sacrifice is to restore the harmony to community, to reinforce the social fabric, and that the common denominator that exists between, behind all sacrifice is internal violence. And the dissensions, the rivalries, the jealousies, and the quarrels of the community by design are suppressed by sacrifice. Wow. Yeah. That's so now up. look at that in the context of uh, Reverend Wright. I'm getting canceled. He was sacrificed out. to restore yeah. harmony. Right. I mean, we use cancel, but what I'm just saying is. It's, it's, it's deeper than that because any time, like I said, he he was caused uh, he was causing rifts. Uh, they clipped him up and that you know in a soundbite, goddamn America, and they like Obama, you got to cut him loose. Yeah. And Obama sat in his church for years and he didn't say, well, you know, let's let's look at this and let's listen. Nope, gotta go. I don't I don't know him. Just like Peter, just like oh, Peter did Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like you deny me three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that's right and, it, it, and if it, even if they don't even if they don't sacrifice you you're going to be you're saying uh put into a role of the concusurf i got to give all credit to doc i got to do this I, whenever a term is coined i always give credit to that person this is dr t hassan johnson uh defining what a concusurf is So as you can see today, we're talking about the reality of black men's disposable role as CompuSurfs. I've covered this in another show. The whole concept of CompuSurfs is a a bringing together of two basic ideas, the concubine and the surf. And this in many ways has to do with the social expectation of black men, both in the larger society, but more particularly within black America. The idea that black men are not only disposable, but their roles are to serve as sexual concubines as well as serfs. 
right? Who are really just designed to serve, you lift, bear that tote, so on and so forth. The disposability, right? So the idea of the CompuSurf and and how our lives and our deaths can be taken for taken for granted. We don't talk as much about our lives because there's all kinds of contestation, contestation and shaming that goes on. We talk about what Black men experience in their own community, right? But even but it's clearly evident in our deaths how we're perceived and how our deaths are often used for everybody's advancement, but Black men themselves. And one of the biggest indicators of that is how much policy has been developed in the last few decades to stem the tide of those deaths, right? Very little. And yet, and still, the social expectations play on. The CompuSurf, yep. The CompuSurf. So, uh, at early on in the show, and we heard it a couple times throughout the show, say their name. Mm-hmm. Say their name. And even with Breonna Taylor, I mean, she she's not a black man, but um, she's being used. Sure. Uh, to say say their name, it's a reason why they're saying that. Thirty eight. You know, and 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 my tradition, you offer things that that your loved one who passed away would want. You know, um, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that, and that's it's so important not just for us to be in direct relationship to. Our people who've passed, but also for them to know they've we've remembered them. We should be honoring them in all the ways, whether it's protesting through art, you know, through putting up signs on the freeway. Like we, they want us to remember them because they know what it's. They know they know what it takes for 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 us to be for them to be remembered. So it's it's a it's a very important practice. Um, hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag it is um literally almost resurrecting a spirit to us to get the work that we need to get done okay before you tell me exactly the context of this i'm a Mm -hmm. really strong believer in uh memes and hashtags i don't really think of and i'm not a big hashtag fan at all but i do know how they work and i know they're very effective if used properly these things actually do mm-hmm. do things to people. Memes especially do stuff. So who is this? Is this uh, some kind of sorceress? No, this is Patrice Cullors from Black Lives Matter. Oh, a sorceress. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we use the term witch, but yeah. and, 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 and I gave you a visual aid, and I'll probably be posting it to my Twitter later. Oh, my uh, God. That you- picture. I'm putting it in the show notes, but I'll do it in a hidden thing because it's too jarring just to look at it. Right. She's at they. She did this thing called a prayer for the runner, and that was for uh Amar Aubrey, um, where I mean, then she did like this whole like they're what is, summoning. You know, what is it's, it? She, she has like, like wings. She is she's spreading her wings, and what what the hell is going yeah, on? It's this weird. I don't know. It's this weird form of, and, and you, you can go find the clip. It's it's a whole unit. Go and look. Guess who is sponsored by? UCLA. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, if you ask John C. Dvorak, he'd say, oh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's UCLA. <laughs> right. So so if you want to go to YouTube, it's a prayer for the runner by Patrice Colors. And it's basically like necromancy. And the reason why I'm bringing this aid hey, to each his own, if you what do you believe? But the large amount of voters that are black or so-called black are leaning 
towards Christian faith or some other type, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, Abrahamic faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to say Muslim or, you know, but, but mostly Christian. If this gets out, which it is, and that's why I brought up what my mom was saying about MK Ultra, mm-hmm. these things are making their way, making their rounds. And I yes. saw this thing crop up the same. This is Pizza Gate 2.0. This is spirit cooking 2.0 and don't ever underestimate the impact in these critical areas. Like we talked about these pockets in Detroit and Philadelphia, you know, um, when they, when they uh, hear about this, when it's doing the rounds and they're like, okay, stay away from all that. It gives you even another reason to do something else on Tuesday. It's like, uh, and I'm going to tell you this black people are look, the devil Witches, witchcraft, and I'll just give you a little inside baseball and we can wrap up here. <laughs> My grandmother stopped being friends with a woman of 20 years because she thought she put a root on her. And a root is like a spell. Spell, yeah. Uh, it's got, it comes from hoodoo. Cold. Stop. I don't mess with Amarine no more, child. And all she put that root on me. Should I put that root? Nah, no. And you know, you, this. This Black Lives Matter is going to run flat real quick. I want to meet. I want to meet your mom so bad now. <laughs> She's cool, and I, I lay some MK Ultra stuff on her. Yeah, man, I'm trying to tell you. She said, "Ain't nothing but a devil child." <laughs> exactly what she's going to say. So, no. When, when when they when this gets the and and then they, and then it's she's out though. I mean, it's, it's it's out, Mo. I mean, I've seen it. it I, it's come across my timelines. I've seen it. I mean, th- not this one, but other stuff and some right. videos and some, and I think there's of her admitting some other things. Well, this is obviously her, and she, and just she's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Everyone needs to know that. It right. wasn't clear. And I'm saying this in the context of politics. Whatever you believe, you believe. Some people might think what I believe is crazy. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, it's your belief. But what I'm saying in this in the scope of politics, and you already have a fragile situation with the uh, quote unquote ADOS quote unquote black crowd. Um, this could split. This could this could sink your boat. Well, hold on a second. And, I, I, I want because yeah. through everything we've learned in the past three hours, uh-huh. we we see uh, we're going to reprogram. Uh, black men yep. and you know, all these things that have to be done and then the way they go about it somehow they believe that by by removing christianity basically from the equation or or you know mixing it up to such a degree i mean the republicans use christianity and and uh and faith all the time you know but in a you saw it throughout the entire convention but this it's is a structure thing with the Republicans. It's a structure yes, yes, yes. But here, order, that kind of thing. But why would you try to undermine or try to mind control? Do they maybe? Okay, here it is. Sorry. I'm, okay. Real, real-time processing. Okay. Do they believe that the problem with these black men in particular is God? And if we remove that, then they'll come to our side? I'll ask you with scripture. You have to tie a strong man up before you plunder his house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that that the short question. Yes, yes, yes. We have to. We we no man in the house. 
We've had a run at them for 40 years. We could teach them anything they want to. And now that that's why I said this is bigger than votes. This is this is bigger bigger than the election. This is much bigger than the election. Much, much bigger than the election. Oh, wow. Okay. And we'll wrap up with uh, the final clip. Right. You said a lot of things important, but you said something important about remembering them. And I also feel that even beyond remembering them, we're invoking them. Right. So this is an invocation. Right. This is a recognition that. But what's happened as we invoke these names is the invocation of their names that goes beyond remembering them, but also in our tradition, when we call out our ancestors, we call them out for specific purposes. You know, the first thing that we do when we hear of a murder is we come out, we pray, we pour libation, we build with the community where yeah, this, um, this the is person's what life was stolen. And mm-hmm. it took almost a year for me to realize that this movement is much more than a racial and social justice movement. At its core, it's a spiritual movement. And I know you always had the spiritual practice. I remember like when we first started, I remember us going to the ocean and doing these um, rituals and really feeding our spirit. But I don't remember it being so deeply embedded in all that we did in 2013 as opposed Mm -hmm. to where we came in 2014. Uh, Spirituality is at the center of Black Lives Matter. and I think that's not just for us. I feel like so many um, leaders and so many organizers um, are deeply engaged in, in a pretty um, important spiritual practice. <laughs> well, you know what we need? We need, a, we need a snappy name. You know, we had Pizzagate. And we need a snappy name for this. You know, like BLM Spirit Gate. That's not the right one, but I'm just... And, and even the, the BLM, even it be even be, and I'm gonna tease here so for a later day. Even the BLM and Chaos Magic, you remove all the vowels. That stands for Balaam. I'm sorry, B A L A A M. Balaam. Yeah, but you said Chaos Magic. I like that. Yes, that, I mean that's that's what that's what they that's part of what they believe in. And in and in, in that in that type of magic, you cross when you're doing your spells, or whatever you yeah. cross out all the vowels. Okay, and you left when you cross out all the vowels in Balaam, you left with BLM. With go to lens to what you're talking about these hashtags and these memes. Oh damn! Yes. Oh, <laughs> stop it, Mo! Stop it! Oh my! I should have gave you a tarp warning. I'm sorry. I'm oh sorry. my goodness! Okay, thank you for that. Blew my mind a couple times here at the end of the show. Wait a minute. Could you do me a favor? Could yes. you ask your mom, how do we combat that root she's putting on everybody? Not your mom, but these this BLM yeah. stuff. This uh there's gotta be I mean what 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 certainly there's something we can I can read. tell you what my mama gonna say. That's what I want to hear. You gotta plead the blood of Jesus. You got to plead the blood of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, I don't want to make this a, a a religious podcast. No, not at all. But I'm gonna tell you what, Miss. I'm gonna tell you what Mama gonna say. That's what she, the child. You got to plead the blood of Jesus. Plead That's the exactly blood what of she Jesus. gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I'm telling you, when when man, my mom was going to vote, COVID, everything, she was going to vote. But if she hears something like this, she's done. I don't know. 
I <laughs> and that's what it's like. I said, it's here's a recommendation, mom. That stuff, that's MK Ultra. Hmm. Which it technically is because yes, MK Ultra, you, dwell, you look at it dwelling multiple spirits in one body. Yeah. But I mean, I digress on the DID. So. Oh my goodness. So, but yeah. Okay. So so here's what here's we we learned a lot, but I think the. And this was a good eye-opener for me. All this, this is the most important election, most important thing, bull crap. This is what's happening behind the scenes here. And this is really for the United States. But we're foam finger number one. And once again, the black man in America is going to lead the charge. <laughs> He's going to hold the door open. But I think this time we're going to come in and we're going to surround him. We're going to help him. Because uh, this is something similar will happen in every country around the world. This Black Lives Matter stuff applies to so many countries in similar fashion black pete's in the netherlands you know the uh aborigines Mm -hmm. in australia it's uh everywhere there's this issue and we may be the first ones to confront it and you know and so if we go in uh and we plead the blood of jesus (laughs) and we uh, and we do something about this and expose it the empowerment the empowerment and the energy that will be unleashed from this group that has had a like a 60 year awakening slow process to say hey i'm going to sit this one out and next time around maybe we'll have some better deals and and, and i'm I'll, I'll wrap on this we have to look at the connection with the nba with the big black lives matter on the court that's held at disney and disney's past all of this stuff is connected uh, and if you if you want to have a good chuckle, go look at some early Shirley Temple uh, movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it will freak you out. And that just okay, Mo. I'm so happy to be your friend. Uh, I'm happy you're my friend. <laughs> this is uh, this is incredibly uh, educational. I really love this. And if you loved it, listening to this podcast for the past couple hours, you could have spent your time doing something else. A lot of people seem to enjoy uh, what comes out of this, the conversation between just two American dudes trying to figure stuff out. Uh, Then please consider supporting us at MoFax.com. Go straight to that donation page at MoFundMe.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, well, we'll see you next time. Episode number 50, which should be a doozy. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And with that, Mo, have yourself a great weekend, my friend. And uh, we'll talk uh, We'll talk again next week. All right. Talk to you later, Adam. All right, everybody. You take care and uh, be here in a week or so for another Mo Facts with Adam Curry. you